Hey. Hi. How's it going? Good. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to episode 59 of the Anime Arcade Podcast. This is part one of our reviews for the winter season of 2018. Yes, that's the year we are in. Very good. That's the year we're in right now. <laughs> You're doing my good. Mind, in my mind is, is a little bit fuzzy right now we've had a very long cast but it's been a good one um i think really like logan was actually just saying this is very indicative of the season it's been we we had a lot to say about these shows and this is only part one we're only halfway through i almost want to say we're gonna have more to say next week um maybe just maybe just maybe (laughs) um so what did you guys uh any anything you took out of today uh it's just a, a super solid season um yeah, it just kind of made me realize, like, because, you know, you, I, you kind of take the season in chunks, but when you talk about it as a whole, you're like, well, that wasn't, that was not at all a bad season. That was a very, very good season. There's no question that we're going to come out of this season with, I think, my dog whining a lot and the most fives <laughs> of any season that I think we've, we've given since we've been a podcast. So, um, at least... That, that's there's no proof behind that statement but I'm pretty sure it feels that way yeah I'm pretty sure you're right as well <laughs> be prepared is what we're saying indeed yeah well um, unless you guys have anything to add thank you so much for uh, listening to the cast and uh, hope you enjoy it yeah enjoy see you soon LCS finals today. Uh, Excited to hear that. Yeah, the EU ones just happened, and uh, Reckless, the the AD carry for Fnatic, he totally got two pentakills in two games back to back. Scumbag rise because kills in game three. Yeah, <laughs> he almost was the first person to win or to to yeah to win a finals and get a pentakill in every game. Almost that's insane. Though I'm not at all surprised to hear uh, that Fnatic ended up winning that. Yeah, I didn't watch the EU finals, and this is the first I'm hearing that they won. And that's pretty much exactly what I expected to happen at the beginning of the season. Um, however, NALCS may be very having a very unexpected winner mm-hmm. this year, um, which uh, which is pretty cool. You know, definitely exciting to hear. I mean, I think that the sport has been plagued by, you know, the same two or three names Kinda winning like every single stagnation. year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's been around since what? Like the LCS itself, like uh, LL, like East, the esports scene for League, uh, League of Legends has been around since, I want to say like 2010. But like the LCS didn't start up till 2013. And since then, we've only ever had three winners. So it's really exciting that today we're going to be uh, seeing someone new our new organization uh, taking the crown. Um, but uh, About time liquid gets there. Good grief. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, Liquid Liquid was the forever fourth place team. So <laughs> I'm actually kind of happy to see them to see them make it. But at the same time, I'm also happy to see the new the like brand new kids on the block, Hundred Thieves, making oh, their mark. <laughs> brand new kids, but not brand new kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You no, know, I'm and that's why I'm kind of conflicted about this one. Like I, I like. I love Impact. I think, like, I always liked uh, Pabelter and, like, a lot of the guys on Liquid, but at the same time, I like a lot of the players for 100 Thieves. So, I think either way, I, I'm just kind of hoping for a really, really good finals. Um, yeah. But by the time this goes Definitely. out, like, we'll, we'll already know who the winner is. For sure. Either way, though, I, I think it's cool. I, I definitely don't know necessarily that I... Um... I'm rooting for double lift and liquid and, and that See, team in I, general. I kind of am now because of you. You do you know what happened? No, it, his he had family issues. His brother stabbed his mom to death and almost killed his dad. Yeah. So wow. I can't I can't root against double lift after that happened. I'm I can of, I can root against him. I can't. I I've never no. I've never been like against double lift. I he's always been arrogant, but I mean. Yeah, he, it's hard to root for an arrogant person usually. Yeah, I think and for me anyway. But that's that's shocking. Wow, I'm I'm sorry for his family. That's awful. I've never mind trash talkers because uh, like he doesn't. He's always said that he he trash talks before the game and he does. And not like no, I want to say ninety percent. A conservative estimate, like sixty five percent of the time, he pays for <laughs> it. But he doesn't. He doesn't trash talk after the game's over. Well, that's not true. Not always. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but like, if you're going to do it, I mean, you better back it up and yeah. he's, he's right. pretty consistently backed it up. So yeah. I've never had a problem no, with he, him in that, in that sense. But yeah, it is a little difficult to, to root for him. I just don't root against him. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, he, he's definitely one of those guys that, that, you know, he talks the talk and he walks the walk kind of thing. He, he definitely, he's, he makes every team he seems to be on better. So um, I think I think the, the worst for me is when a player or like on, in any sport or esport um, like talks trash and then when they lose they just make excuses or they blame their mm-hmm. teammates and like he doesn't seem like that kind of person like whenever he loses right. it's like he feel he's really down on himself and I'm like all right mm-hmm. man I get it yeah. you, you tried you tried to trash talk and you know and live up to it and you just didn't so. Right, live and learn. Yeah, we have a couple of those. Uh, we have a couple of those. What you're describing in the LCS as well, and they are probably the most infuriating. Um, the whiners, the crybabies that uh, they talk a lot of trash, and then they, if they don't back it up, they just cry about it mm-hmm. and how they, you know, it was they were and, they would have won if it was fair or something. And the same goes for traditional sports as well. I mean, you have of course you have those, yeah. like I, I'm a San Francisco 49ers fan, but I couldn't stand when Trello Owens was on our team. <laughs> <laughs> because he was such a focal point for the team yeah. and it's like i just want to see the team do good but everyone mm-hmm. wanted to talk about him signing a stupid football that was years ago but yeah certain um certain team that seems to be winning or in the super bowl almost every single year earned that <laughs> reputation with me pretty early on yeah <laughs> yeah i think that's for everybody sorry losers so, sorry to any of our our <laughs> fans who are or listeners who are New England Patriots fans. <laughs> well, you know what? They're actually I, I I don't really watch the NFL almost at all anymore. But I think that they've probably been good because usually having that team that either you're a fan of them or you absolutely hate them, having a team like that be prevalent in the sport is a good thing for their ratings and for the fandom. And you know, it 
it makes people want to watch the games to either root against them or for them. So mm-hmm. yeah, I get you it. Know. Well, thanks everyone for listening to the 2018 sports cast. Um, <laughs> you can find us on iTunes at, <laughs> um, uh, but we but are talking, we are talking we should, about a season. We are talking about a season and a good one. <laughs> yeah, I would say. Yeah. So um, this is our first of two review casts for the, uh, winter 2018 season. Mm. Um, I have a feeling that we're going to come out of this, these two casts really seeming like kind of too going too easy on these shows. Like for, especially for people maybe who haven't watched a lot of them. Um, then they can't talk. <laughs> if, I guess. If they but haven't watched it, then they, they can't say anything. It, there's a lot of pressure. I feel like on critics or reviewers to find fault in things, but you know, we've got a really good batch of shows this season. <laughs> I would love like, you know, we'll we'll get to the shows and we'll we'll talk yeah. about them. But I would love to hear what people find faults in in a lot of these shows um, because you know I didn't necessarily see any faults. In a I mean, lot, but I can I can one hundred percent nitpick, but it's not going to like I don't think nitpick should be a huge detriment. Like if it's if, no. if you're reaching for something and I can find stuff, it's not hard. Like yeah. no, mm-hmm. there's no there's no show out there that's perfect except Love no. Live. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to do it. <laughs> they expected of me now. <laughs> it was like awesome. sun- Sunrise came to my house and they made me sign a contract, and now I they own my soul. Anyway, <laughs> hey, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, there, there's no perfect show. So I mean, I can nitpick, no. but if I'm nitpicking, it's not going to hurt the show's rating too much, right? No. To place too much emphasis on the nitpicks, you know, is is kind of I think an issue that we have with reviewing um, in general these days. Uh, because, yeah, no, I mean, if you enjoyed the show, you enjoyed the show. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's jump right in then. Um, the the first shows we're going to be talking about in in both uh, this part one cast and and next week's part two are going to be continuation shows and we're not really going to uh, give you our our standard rating but we'll we'll let you know where we're at. Yeah. Um the first one is uh, one of my picks from the season. Uh Card Captor Sakura Clear File or Clear Card Hen Clear Clear File. Clear I file. always say cuz I think about it cuz you know you get the clear files from Tokyo uh-huh. Talking Mode anyway. I buy entirely too much anime merchandise. <laughs> uh but um uh not much has changed from from where I was at. Um, I I will say, you know, just full disclosure, I am like three episodes behind right now um, because I was trying to catch up on all the other seasonal stuff that did actually end. Um, and we still have Sakura, um, you know, uh, trying to find these or trying to solve the mystery of uh, of these clear file or clear cards, <laughs> clear take files. Two. Yeah, take two. Um, and uh, it's it's still a lot of like I I was kind of happy that the the fact that they didn't have like um, episode hooks um, in this season like in the original Card Capture Sakura uh, everything was based around the card like the whole episode revolved around the card and they were there was this like especially in the first season there was this thing that was like what could possibly be like rearranging the playground equipment and it would be a whole episode of of not knowing and then they'd be like oh it's a you know it's a a, a cloud card and yeah. and you're like after a certain amount of episodes you're like no duh sakura it's a cloud card 
Uh, yeah. If there's anything strange going on from you from now on, it's a cloud card. But in this one, they didn't really do that. And but to me, I kind of, I kind of miss that now because sometimes the cards just come out of nowhere, just 100 percent out of left field. And she's like, oh, "Okay, I need to capture this one," and she'll capture it. And so it felt less like a like a cloud card of the week kind of show yeah well i mean the, it, there is more emphasis on the mystery and like uh kind of like the feelings of the the characters like uh Shaodan can't sense these cards and he's kind of out of sorts because of it um so there's more emphasis on like a mystery behind the clear the, the clear cards uh and there's you know uh, new characters and uh, a new girl from from Hong Kong, or yeah, I think they're from Hong Kong. Shout on and um and uh, Laming or Mailing, other way around. Um, so there there is more emphasis on that. Uh, but like the the fact that the the cards just come out of nowhere just kind of disorients me sometimes, which is I don't know. You didn't like that though. It wasn't a good disorient. No, was a, it was just it like was one that where made the hell uncomfortable. Did, yeah, where of. did this come from? Hmm. Um, but it's still it's still Sakura, and like uh, the reason I come to Sakura uh, is mostly for the the uh, the transformation, not the transformation, the 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 capturing and the the outfits that uh, Tomoyo brings her. So, and yeah. I'm still getting those, which I'm still really happy about. Uh, it's probably not going to be my best show of next season uh but i'm still going to enjoy it for what it is just a a simple you know a, a magical girl from a simpler time because we're getting a magical girl this season that i'm probably not gonna watch <laughs> <laughs> yeah no this is this is your basic this is your traditional magical girl show and um i'm happy to hear that it still holds kind of you know, she, Sakura didn't go dark or anything, which... Um, well, remember, too, there, there's like there's that element of mystery that I'm kind of wondering where they're going to go with that. I'm hoping it's something that surprises me. But if not, it's, you know, traditional magical girl, and it's a nice little nostalgia trip for those of us who watched the show originally. So, speaking of the outfits, I mean, how do they hold up to, to the design of the outfits from the previous Sakura? They're still pretty cute outfits, they're, pretty they're good ones. They're still really cute. And, they, you know, the new animation does uh, lend quite a lot. Um, you know, the, nice. I, I do love the the old art, but, you know, the new art is gorgeous. And the uh, the OP is just fantastic. So, yeah. I'm, I don't know if there's a new one yet. Was there a new one? I don't think so. If there was a new one, I would have I would have noticed. Mm -hmm. um, so, cool. I'm excited to catch up and maybe see where it goes. But, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad you're following that one because I'm excited to hear more. That's Card Capture Sakura. <laughs> well, next one's yours as well. Is it? Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I I honestly forgot which else I drafted <laughs> because so this, many of them are continuations that I'm like, ah, I'm yeah. gonna have, I'm gonna have so many. This shows. one, um, I've seen a lot of emotion come from <laughs> Logan on this one in the community, so I'm really excited to hear yeah, uh, about this. Me too. Uh, <laughs> so this is a, a record of Grand Crest War or a Grand Crest Senki. Um, it is a, it's not a sequel, but like a spiritual successor to Lotus War because it's essentially created by the same people. Um, in this one, we have, um, I mean, we, we covered it a little in our first impressions podcast. We have uh, Theo Carn Carnaro, 
who is like a wandering knight. Uh, he meets up with Silica, uh, who is a, a mage, and she's on her way to uh, serve this new lord. And half like when she meets up with him, she's like, I don't want to serve him. I'm going to serve you instead. Uh, <laughs> so she works with him and uh, together they uh, wind up getting a, um, him a crest from like this local corrupt lord. Um, the crests are meant to fight chaos, which are like demons from another world. Uh, but uh, in recent years, the crests have been used for war, like they've been using them to fight other people. And there is this huge divide between the uh, what is it, the Union and the Alliance, which uh, something like that, yeah. which essentially means this means the same thing. <laughs> Honestly, I don't understand. Yeah, the, the, what there, this show is about. There's a lot of politics in this show, and there's a ton of characters. Um, and it's it's essentially the Union and the Alliance are are in a war with each other right now. Uh, after a failed marriage between the two, uh, the two states, essentially, yeah. uh, there was a you know a princeling and a, a princess, I guess, of these or prince and a prince, the princess of these two nations and they were very much in love and very much willing to get married and like everything was set to seal the deal and a like a chaos demon comes and attacks the marriage and the the two fathers i think both of them die yeah they yeah. both get murdered both of them at die. the wedding yeah, you're saying you both the of, wedding both of them die at, at the, the wedding. wedding but instead of of getting married of, instead of getting married because like, holy crap, the demons from the other world don't want us to get married. Maybe this is a good idea. We should get married. They split off and resume the war. And I'm like, that's the first of many just mind-blowingly dumb Even though they're decisions. still in love. Yeah, even though they're still very much in love. Uh, and like the uh, – we should say that the like the overarching uh, narrative – is that if these two major crests, if these two, you know, the Alliance and the Union actually form a the Grand Crest, then they can banish the um, the chaos, the chaos from yeah. the world. So, so it's the like, answer to all their problems is getting together. And exactly. they don't, and they and, and <laughs> they even don't. though they want to, they don't because like the nobility is politics. The nobilities want war, and it's like I don't feel like you know what politics are because I feel like. Unless unless there's a sub faction, which I would love to see. I, I haven't seen the latest episode, episode twelve. Maybe episode thirteen's mm, already yeah, out. I have no idea. Yeah. But unless unless there is like an order of like people who worship chaos, which that would make sense. If there's a like an order of people well, who I worship think there, chaos. There is, because what about that uh the vampire guy? Because he doesn't want he, well the, the crest to get together because that means that he'll he's kinda die. he's kinda coerced into it. So yeah, but like but like I'm talking about like in the upper echelons of like this political yeah. realm. That would make a hundred percent sense. I would be like, <laughs> okay, I'm on board now with why there are politicians who are like pressuring them not to stay together and apparently is there any hint that that is the case or not nope. really because we're we well, we <laughs> follow like there's there's the political side and then we follow theo and theo like he brings himself up in the ranks in the first few episodes makes himself essentially like a lord of this large tract of land tries to make alliances with the i'm never sure which one it is uh, the, the, the alliance the, or the one led yeah, by the, the by the blonde lady and yeah. she spurns them and then she like sends a huge army to attack him he managed to hold her off and then after the the like after he holds her off and the the union like saves his ass uh he gives up his crest and goes to serve this other lord um 
Constance uh, Villar. Yeah, yeah, Constance Villar. He he goes to serve him, uh, giving up everything because he didn't want to be away from Silica. But I'm like, why? Because he was willing, like, uh, Villar was willing to give him, uh, like, a, a greater title. And he's like, well, I wouldn't be able to stay with Silica. And I'm like, how does that work? Other, like, great lords have many mage mages with them. Why would he have to give up this one that's been with him forever? That makes no sense. Yeah. It- but a plot device so that we could see Villar's fall. Um, <sighs> Which who cares? Honestly, I actually really I, I loved Villar. I, I, I him could him not care less. Him and the Margaret. The, yeah, Margaret. I thought that was like I loved their I episode their relationship for sure. Well, I just but, I, I loved his backstory and like how he's a mm-hmm. child of both and how like growing up in one he like he like his mom hated him so he just kind of even though he was known as um, like the like the lusty count or whatever he yeah. was he was um you know he he actually wasn't like that at all he just kept women around to keep people off his back because i mean he, yeah, he was afraid of he was afraid of women women essentially yeah, yeah. Um, um, i loved his story and i i actually <laughs> i loved the attack and like and how grand it was i hated all the decisions in the battle though they were so fucking stupid yeah it's like it, they they have this huge palace in this battle that like like has this huge which by the way really stupid design for a ship it's like it's a palace boat and it's got oh, one yeah. it's like you can have multiple cannons on this boat and like nope, it would one big one. it would shit on those stupid viking triages and instead it's one big cannon and a bunch of archers i'm like this is the stupidest design i've ever seen that's the Megumin effect, though. And that, oh yeah, everyone loves the <laughs> Megumin effect. It is the most inaccurate cannon I've ever seen. And uh, what do you call it? The uh, their decision, like when the battle starts, starts turning awry. Instead of turtling, which is what you do during a siege, uh, they the the people on in the floating palace decide to float out into the middle of the Viking battleships. Which, by the way, Vikings came one hundred percent out of left field. And yeah. they decide to suicide themselves in the, like, you know, suicide bomb all those Viking ships. They don't get all of them. And then, like, Villar, once again, a lord who should know what's going to happen to his people if, if, if the siege fails, like, sallies out by himself and, you know, does, it's actually a really cool scene because he kills a lot of people, but gets yeah. all of his people killed and, like, one of his mages commits suicide. I'm like, Fuck this stupid ass show! Yeah. Oh my god, it's it's that's not even the worst thing. Oh uh, yeah, there's there's the rape. Yeah, this I want to hear. <laughs> there yeah. there's a rape in like, episode nine, and and it was it was it's really just stupid. So bad, yeah. It, it was it like, was poorly done. The reasoning for it was super super stupid because he like that guy, his forces didn't really contribute shit to that battle. They didn't do no. anything in that battle. They lost ships. That was it. That was his whole contribution to the battle. The reason she decided to fuck him. So fucking stupid. Such a dumbass show. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's, I'm super yeah. angry at this show. This this show like. The potential is definitely there. Like, it has all of the makings of a great show. But they have such an issue with scale and pace um, that it's just like, I can't follow anything. I don't know what's going on. I don't know who's who. Um, Like, and I don't get why I should care what happens to, you know, this alliance and this oh, union. And the, and the characters that come out of nowhere, like in the battle, yeah. in the battle with Villar, 
there is um uh, a bunch of armies come come to his aid which you know it makes sense because all, he's this big count well yeah they they all die but like uh who are these people and exactly. why are we seeing them like you could just say oh our saying, reinforcements is- got massacred bada boom bada bing bada boom we have more time for the siege so we don't have to make these quick stupid ass decisions because like it's just like like not like this is a nitpick this is a, a historical nitpick one of the armies <laughs> It like is led by a man who is in in uh, Renaissance era uh, clothes, who is uh-huh. leading sp- like uh, Bronze Age Spartan soldiers. <laughs> they have the they, they, they have the shields and the spears, and I'm I'm, th- I'm looking at them like, oh, I hate you guys so much for how inaccurate you are. I mean, I, I get it; it's a fantasy world. You're allowed to play with it, but mm, it just mm, that makes me so angry. What about the like the romantic aspect between the like because you had said that the one character had kind of a romance with the other one? Is there anything there, that plays there, off in that? That's there pretty are a couple of satisfying. That there's I, I feel like there's the, go ahead. Okay, well there there's uh, Marine and Alexis, which are the two like heads of the nations essentially, and they were the ones that were supposed to get married. Um, I feel like we only saw their relationship so we could see her get raped. Exactly. So yeah, she decides to say, okay. I'm so, just gonna screw so this before dude. Before I, I yeah, before I, I go anywhere with like it's not one hundred percent yeah, because she does consent, but it's it's essentially political rape. Yeah, it's political rape. It, it's just it was so out of left field, it was stupid. It was stupidest fucking shit <laughs> I've ever seen in an anime. And god damn I've, it. I've I seen hate I've it. seen dumber. It was just it was just ridiculous. It didn't it, yeah. it, it, it made sense if if his army was the one that won her the battle, his army didn't and, do shit. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, she, I don't know if she, I lost all. He he commits patricide and like his whole country is like, okay, I guess we're following you now. Yeah. He just killed anyways, the king. Anyways, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't care about her or Alexis or anyone else now. Uh, Silica and Theo, um, I really do like their relationship and their story. I really wish that. We would get more of a focus on them, which we may now. No, that comes out of left field too. I, uh, I, I feel like I, say I felt like they were building up to it but. because Theo, Theo, like has like the the anime protagonist, like oh, you know, I'm near a girl, blush, whatever. But like ninety percent <laughs> of the time, he's one hundred percent focused on on you know on a war or on like gaining power or whatever. And then just yeah, I disagree. Out of, out of left field, he's all of a sudden Don Juan. He's like very into silica <laughs> and i'm like i didn't think i didn't see it at all i saw it i i saw it from the beginning like you know him not wanting to leave her uh with Valar, you know giving up everything for her um just small steps along the way i saw it but i mean there were definitely subtle things so it's i i get it why you would think that it came out of left field um but the action good uh i I'd say so yeah the action is actually really good it Aishla, best girl. She's my yeah, favorite. Aishla is pretty funny. Yeah. Pretty great. She's a um, crazy Valkyrie chick who wanders around the battlefield with like this crazy tattoo. Oh, yeah. And the guy that she wants to fuck who's just like some poor like young soldier who's like, uh, what? Yeah. Uh, it's pretty great. Um, yeah. I- I'll continue watching the show. I just hope that they... I mean, I have to. Uh, yeah, you have to. It um, feels like I- it feels like the creators of Record is Lotus War... Got around to watching uh, Game of Thrones, but have no idea how decision making works. Yeah, for heads of state. Yeah, they just need a, they need to focus more. There needs to be more of a focus, rein in the scale, um, and 
just try to tell a good story rather than a grand story. Boo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now that, oh, now that yeah. we've harped on about one of the seasonal sh- or one of the shows that's continuing yeah, 15 the minutes on one show that we're yeah. not even giving a rating just to yet. just you know so you know this this show will probably i mean unless it does something really great it's probably not going to get a great score from me unless no. unless it turns around um okay next one is one that none of us drafted uh, because none of us really knew about it until a month into the season and it's a very strange one i think it's one that will uh, kind of continue throughout the year. And that's today's menu for the Emia family. Uh, we get one episode a month. <laughs> and it's a, what, 13-minute short? Mm-hmm. Um, but it is the best 13-minute short I've ever seen. <laughs> um, it's uh, the Fate Universe, if uh, you are familiar with that. So Saber, um, Emia, Rin... Um, you know, all the uh, other servants and uh, masters and stuff like that, but it's essentially a cooking show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's hard to say fate universe because this is like totally like alternate reality. I mean, Steinsgate's <laughs> coming out this season and like this. <laughs> I don't watch the first episode of the show and these characters were super cute. But yeah, it definitely did not feel like fate. <laughs> no, it's, it's really funny, really cute, really fun. Uh, I think the what the first episode is that the one where he goes and finds uh, Lancer working at a fish market. I think that's the second episode. Is that the second one? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just really good, really fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, it's, it's done. Well, go ahead. It's it's. I think it's done really well because the um, the way they do it, like granted, very it, distinct it, art style. Granted, they're they're building off of of the property's popularity but i think they, yeah. they do it well in that the first uh half of the 13 minutes they kind of build up to why they're having the meal like why mm-hmm. why would you have cuculano uh over why would you have you know um Ilya, yeah Ilya's feel yeah. uh over and stuff like that when there are other masters and the you know the the uh the war is clearly going on and it's because you know emmy is a super nice guy or whatever and uh <laughs> and then like they'll have good food yeah then they'll have him back because you know in the show he actually does make the food and and all that stuff and they go through the the steps you know it's very much a a cooking anime that they'll go through the steps on how he makes it but it looks really good it does look really good um so we need to seriously do like the anime arcade youtube channel needs to do like cook these (laughs) things and record ourselves doing (laughs) i want you to know how (laughs) bad i am at cooking I mean, I'm not good either, but I don't. I don't know. Maybe a lot of our listeners aren't good either. Maybe we can uh, walk through it together. <laughs> <laughs> Being bad at cooking together, Logan, well, you're pretty yeah, good. Yeah, Logan's good you? at cooking. I'm, I'm pretty good. Yeah, I would just need so to figure we, out how to get the setup for that kind of thing. I'd be next time we all. Uh, next time we all come over to your house, we need to do the uh, anime arcade cooking show where we <laughs> we try to cook the things we see in these anime. A disaster. <laughs> that will be a disaster. But I welcome. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's just a cute little short. Um, if you like Fate, definitely give it a go. If you don't, give it a go. Uh, very good art style. It's still done by uh, Ufotable, yeah, which is cool. Um, and yeah, it's a nice, uh, just relaxing thing to watch. More Fate, after a please. Show. Yes. It's pretty good looking. Yeah, I like the art style they picked with this one too. Mm-hmm. Very muted, very just colorful as well. It's hard to describe. And please, please start bringing... Like 
please start bringing some of the servants I'm I'm getting in or seeing in Fate Go into these shows. <sighs> I really want to see some of them actually animated. Like I don't. I want to see um, Gilgamesh and uh, what's you her name? Gilgamesh and Zero and in Unlimited Blade Works. No, I was trying to make a joke and I totally ruined it. <laughs> oh. um, uh, what's her name? The little girl. Iliasville? Ilya? Ilya. Yeah, yeah, Ilya's in it. Or Jack. I want to see them together eating like uh, shish kebabs. Oh, no. <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you were going for, you best. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, now that I'm sad. Yeah. Uh, Great. I'll, I'll make everyone happy. Very happy. Because uh, oh, yeah? the next show is a short. <laughs> it is uh, The Seven Heavenly Virtues. This is a spinoff of, what was it, Summer with the Seven Deadly Sins? Well, the Seven, seven mortal, mortal Sins because, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> thanks, Netflix. Anyway, sorry, now I'm angry. Um, but the, the Seven Heavenly Virtues is like a spinoff of The Seven Mortal Sins. Uh, in that, uh, you have all these angels that represent the various, um, aspects of, I don't know, goodness in humanity. I don't know, but it's whatever. Uh, but they're all, you know, uh, angel names that you find in, in biblical texts or, or, um, uh, other theological writings. Uh, you have Michael, uh, Serial, uh, Metatron, which I really had to look up to see if that was a thing, and it totally is. <laughs> Gabriel, Raphael, Uriel, and Sandalphone. And um, each episode, essentially, <laughs> in Seven Mortal Sins, the very few times you see the angels, they come off as kind of arrogant and um, but very calculated. Uh, in, this, in this short, they are like completely oblivious and like kind of adorably so in that they're they are looking for what they call the messiah candidates so all these dudes who are messiah candidates they go and they're they're trying to mold them into the messiah because the the seven mortal sins are coming or whatever um <laughs> but they are uh uh completely oblivious to the fact that a they're mostly naked <laughs> And B, the <laughs> Messiah is a male. So, you know, it, 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 like each like three minute episode devolves into, into, uh, you know, girl being oblivious, guy trying his best not to pop a boner or something. Um, <laughs> it, 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 if you like Etchy, like I do, if you laugh at that kind of stuff, you're going to love it because it's so ridiculously funny uh, in some of these cases. The tr- the train episode is my favorite by far because there is there is like elements of like they're on the train and, you know, there's a bunch of these Messiah candidates around them and they don't – it's not like, you know, the Messiah candidates are molesting them or anything. But like they keep, you know, like during the like apparently myriad of sharp turns this train takes they you know end up in compromising positions with the the messiah <laughs> candidate but it, they, they actually wrap that episode up nicely because like they're concerned for humanity's well-being on these trains and then like an old lady comes on board and one of the you know quote-unquote messiahs uh actually you know lets her have his seat in there they see like humanity might not be all that bad so <laughs> minor little tiny itty bitty morality in the incredibly etchy show. 
Uh, how long is it? Like three minute shorts. Oh, They're, that's sad. Yeah, I'm I'm really sad that because like Seven Mortal Sins, it was a whole series, and like there uh-huh. was a there was a complete overarching story, uh, and a lot more etchy because they you know they could they had a lot of time for it. Um, but this one will hold you over, uh, and it's it's in some parts it's actually really really cute. So, so as you're talking, I I brought up pictures of all of the uh, angels. Who who is your favorite? Oh, Michael by far. Michael, yeah. I, I mean, I'm looking just at their appearance. So I also I, I, I would... also like Serial for for two really good reasons. Yeah, yeah. I had a feeling Serial might be one you like. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just the kind of guy I am. So Gabriel's pretty cute. There weren't any. Uh, a, yeah, she's. she's I had a cute feeling one. you'd probably like Gabriel. Yeah, she is. She is really cute. Unfortunately, no, no Gyaru, uh angels, which is which is a shame. Uh, you know, gotta I think, gotta get on I the, think the blue on the line with all the all the major deities and be like, hey, we need some uh, some Gyaru angels up there. <laughs> I gotta give some love to the blue haired angels here. I like Metatron and uh, Sandalphone. Ah, Metatron, yeah. that fucking name. <laughs> Uh, cool. yeah. nice. Roll out. So, f- yeah. <laughs> so for uh, for a short and an etchy, it, it hit all the right chords for me. But I, I can't like because it's only three minutes and it didn't really do much else. I'm probably not going to remember a whole lot of it outside of the uh, serials episode, Michael's like for the first episode and the train episode. I'll I'll give it a three. It's fine. It, okay. It's funny. It works for me. Yeah. It probably won't work for everybody. Trust me. If you're offended <laughs> by that kind of stuff, just just keep on yeah. walking. I think I think the discussion of who your favorite girl is sums up probably what you will <laughs> like about this uh, this show based on what you've said. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, the next one is mine. Um. And I think this is one that. I didn't draft originally, but I had the Fate anime drafted, but that's a Netflix one, so I decided to pick this one up Mm -hmm. instead. Um, And that is Death March to uh, Peril World Rhapsody, something like that. Just to the Peril, yeah, Death March to the Parallel World Rhapsody. Um, Nonsensical title, that's anime these days. Um, (laughs) And it's the story of... uh, 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 Ichiro Suzuki, not the baseball player, um, who is a 29-year-old programmer that finds himself uh, transported to this very uh, RPG-like world um, after working nonstop and taking like a nap under his desk. He wakes up and finds himself in a new world. Um, so it's one of those kinds of anime. Uh, and uh, he... Like starts out with like nothing. He has no, no power, no abilities, anything like that. But he has access to like this UI. It's very strange. Um, but uh, like over the course of uh, what seems like a few minutes, he's able to kind of figure out things. And before long, he becomes like just the most powerful being in this world. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so uh, it's yeah, it's it's one of those stories. Um, he, uh, 
saves a girl. So what's the Go what's ahead. the world like? Is is the world like a magic world or yeah. A, like yeah, it's a, a it's a f- like a fantasy magic world. Cool. Um, there are people who can use magic, and the way they use magic is like these incantations where they speak like super fast. Um, that sounds pretty cool. Uh, I haven't heard anything like it before. Nice. Um, so this UI is kind of like he his magic, then I guess. Yeah, like, it's his magic, and yeah, he can put ability points in any skill he wants. <laughs> um, and he's got like unlimited ability points. So cool. whenever he finds something that he needs to max out, he just goes and does it. Nice. Um, <laughs> there's like there's constant. It's like it's a very kind of interesting show visually because, um, like every time that he does something. Like, say you're playing an RPG or something like that, um, maybe like an MMO, and you do something and then you, like, get a title. Okay. Um, so, like, he, you know, kills a monster and then up at the top of the screen it says, uh, title, monster hunter acquired or something <laughs> like that. So, that's, like, kind of something that's, like, ever-present. Uh, every time he kind of does something new and interesting, he gets a new title. Um, or, like, if he is able to eavesdrop on someone, he gets the skill eavesdropping um <laughs> plus one <laughs> exactly and then yeah he can like max that stuff out uh, <laughs> that's cool it's pretty funny pretty interesting show um but like he is just kind of wandering around for a while uh then runs into this kind of like army that is fighting a wyvern and a girl named zena um he gets kind of tossed way up into the air by this wyvern um and he jumps up and rescues her and they you know, they thank him and invite him into like the, the local town. There's like kind of like a politics thing, like he has to get visas and stuff like that. Um and then it just kind of dives into like the 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 rules of the world. Like slavery is a thing, but he's totally not into that. So uh he ends up saving a couple slave girls from a, a bad situation and takes them in. Um it's essentially him just acquiring a harem over the course of uh the 12 episodes that the show goes. Yeah, I actually think I might binge watch this one because yeah. because of that. It's it's pretty good. There's a lot of cute characters. There's a lot of what? Cute characters. Oh, okay, cool. Um it does it take it because this show sounds awesome if it doesn't take itself too seriously. It so like it okay, doesn't. so as I long mean, as it's playing it off as kind of funny cuz some of the stuff you're sure. saying it just sounds really awesome, but Yeah, um, like there's no there are like a couple like tense situations. Right. But there's nothing ever where I'm like, "Oh man, this is going to get real dark." It's just <laughs> kind of like the darkest it got was like seeing people in this world just be, you know, assholes to these like this lizard girl and this dog girl and the cat girl um because they're, you know, subhuman or whatever. Um, I want to see a lizard girl. Yeah, she's pretty great. It's, it's funny every time the, like he compliments her or uh, he does something that she likes. Like she's very stone faced. She doesn't have a lot of expression, but her tail's like going crazy. Uh, <laughs> she's cute. That's cute. Um, but yeah, it's it's a fun show. Uh, if you like fantasy, if you don't mind overpowered main characters, um, I think it's interesting. There is yeah. a uh, kind of interesting aspect of the world that they didn't dive in too much into um but was kind of a uh, an ever-present thing is that he's not the only one from uh you know the real world in here um one of the slave girls that he rescues is a girl um uh named arisa who is from 
uh, Japan as well. Hmm. Oh, wow. Um, but she got reincarnated into this world rather than waking up uh, just in it. So it's there's there's lots of like layers of uh, stuff that they could dive into with another season. So uh, it kind of sounds like uh, in another world with my smartphone. Yeah, I I never got around to watching that one, but I really do want to watch. Yeah, I'll watch it now. That one that one doesn't take itself seriously at all. So you, you'll like yeah, that good. one too. Um, you know, I, this one doesn't do anything you know mind blowing or anything like that. It was just a good fun ride. Uh, I think I would give it a, a three and a half out of five. Just a good solid show. All nice. Around. Yeah. Yeah. You recommended this one to me actually as a show because uh, for those in, that are not in the community, I have started. Watching a lot of a lot more anime with my bike set up on a trainer in front of the TV. <laughs> so Logan recommended this as a show to watch for that, and for sure. uh, definitely sounds like it. Definitely sounds like a show that I'll enjoy. Yeah. In, from that um, setting, <laughs> indeed. Okay. Okay. Well, speaking of lizard girls, because there's one in this one. Uh-huh. She's not the main character though. Uh, the next show is a show I picked up. Uh, I didn't draft it though. It's uh, Killing Bites. It was on Amazon this uh, this past season. Um, <laughs> did you watch this one, Jeff? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, Killing Bites uh, takes place in a universe where, well, it takes place just like on Earth, but just uh, like four main Zaibatsu's kind of control Japan and like for centuries and centuries they've been doing um like tournaments like death tournaments to like as kind of like a, a betting arena and you know something for uh the different zaibatsus to um you know uh, uh kind of maintain a hierarchy and like see who's dominant at what time or whatever uh and recently there has been research that has allowed you know strong fighters to be injected with um like animal dna and um, what do you call it? Uh, they've been using these animal people to fight in their like death tournament, these uh, Zaibatsus. Uh-huh. And um, the main the main character, we meet him. His name is uh, Nomoto Yuya. He, uh, he's a regular human. Uh, and just like a plain everyday guy goes to like a, a like a middle middle in college, like nothing really special about him. Um, but he uh, he decides to take a, a like an acquaintance up on an offer. And the, the acquaintance is like, hey, we're going to go. We're going to pick up some high, high school girls. And he's like, all right, fine, whatever. And he's he's the driver. Well, turns out what they meant by that was they were going to abduct a high school girl and attempt to rape her. Um, and he is like, uh, Nomoto is, you know, horrified by this, but being a giant sissy, like just keeps driving and he starts hearing commotion from the back seat. Well, the person that they abducted was actually one of the animal people. Um, they're called Theantro. I don't remember. It's, it's some long name. I'm just going to call them animal people. But anyway, they, <laughs> they, they abduct Hitomi who, uh, who is herself an animal, like a part animal person. Um, and she's mixed with a, <laughs> I'm going to say it the way the show does. Ratalu. It's a honey badger. Anybody who has ever seen the stupid honey badger doesn't give a shit like YouTube video. <laughs> She's a honey badger. And she murders all of her would-be rapists and takes uh, Nomoto to this, um, it looks like a junkyard that's been set up like an arena. And she gives him this briefcase full of money and she says, all right, you are my 
uh, my, my benefactor, my uh, sponsor. And he sponsors her in this one fight against uh, a lion guy. And she beats him. And that earns her a place into the Killing Bites tournament. And from there, we learn that the Killing Bites tournament is, you know, what I said before, the Zaibatsu's tournament, uh, where they have like a death game between the uh, the multiple factions and their, their animal people. Um, the first part of the anime is uh, Hitomi and Nomoto trying to gather uh, two more people for their team. Uh, they get one fairly fairly uh, early um, and uh, they get a uh, Ui, the bunny girl, uh, shortly after that. I honestly don't remember what the, the other guy is. Just suffice to say he's a hippo guy and when he transforms, he looks ridiculous. <laughs> uh, yeah, my enemy list isn't helping me with the no pictures. Apparently the show didn't do too well, question mark. No, it, it got a decent score. Anyway, uh, so the the latter part of the show, like Nomoto, again, it's just a regular guy. He is 100% out, out of his element in this. He's not part of any Zaibatsu. He was kind of put up to this by Hitomi, who's uh, her, her benefactor that were not her. The person who kind of raised her is, is this guy named Shido, who's uh, kind of... Um, an anomaly. He's a scientist that like all the heads of the Zaibatsus kind of hate or like that's the impression you get. They all hate him because he wants to do stuff differently and you don't really know what that is until the very end which is really shoehorned in. But uh, the rest of the show is uh, is the, the tournament uh, and we... <laughs> because it's an it's an animal sh- like an animal person show uh, the uh the narrator who pops in every now and again is kind of like a documentary guy where like like let's say uh there's a part where Hitomi is fighting against uh, a guy whose transformation is a cobra and the the <laughs> The narrator will pop in and tell you how, like, a rattle would fight a, a cobra. And it, it's in this, like, really grand, like, deep voice. And it's very loud. It's super funny to listen to because it comes in at the weirdest times. Um, it, it's 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 really funny. But, like, you really have to enjoy this kind of humor because it's super dark, uh, super dark, like, kind of black humor. Like, the cobra, like... <laughs> I'm going to spoil some stuff here. Again, oh, I fine, say it yeah. every time, review cast. The Cobra's got two cocks. And he, he is very much a rapist who tries to, he tries to, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, fuck Hitomi. And she's a rato. And like, honey badgers can withstand Cobra venom. So he thinks she's down for the count. And she rips off his penises. Uh, <laughs> you have to, You have to be able to laugh at super dark shit like that. And they show you them. It's not blurred out or anything. They're like, hey, we don't have to blur this out. It's an animal dick. Um, so I <laughs> I laughed so hard at that. Like, I couldn't breathe. <laughs> um, it's so fucking stupid. The show, the show as a whole, it's not really going to like wow you with its story because like, again, the, they, they build up like all this, uh, this mystery behind, um, behind the, 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 uh, uh, Shido or whatever his name is and and like his uh, relation to Hitomi and they even have like a little backstory where Hitomi is apparently from <coughs> China and he saves her from um, what are they called? It's not Yakuza. Triad? 
tribe gang members, something like that. Um, I think that's Chinese. Yeah. yeah. And so like she forms a bond with him. And at the end, like, <laughs> again, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Uh, Inaba, <laughs> Inaba Yui, the, the, uh, or Inaba Ui, the, um, the bunny girl ends up accidentally winning the whole thing. Um, and not everyone dies. It's not really a death game. You find that out like, like, you can just get horribly maimed and still win or still live and lose or whatever. But, um, Ui wins and, um, like the, at the last episode was a bit of a bit odd. It's very rushed. Uh, apparently Shido wanted to overthrow the, the two main Zaibatsus and they do, uh, kind of anticlimactically just, they just killed the two heads and apparently everything just kind of falls into place after that. Uh, the lion guy who loses at the end, uh, kind of rapes the, one of the head of the Zaibatsu's, uh, daughter. I mean, she's portrayed as a villain character for a long time. And then at the end, it's like, oh, and the lion guy totally rapes her. It's like, oh, fun. Um, they don't really, oh, they don't, it's not in like, they don't show it in like really brutal detail, like the Grand Crest one, but it's still like, oh, okay, well that's, that happened. Um, and then. This is the biggest spoiler, so close your ears if you don't want to listen to this or skip forward like 10 seconds. But at the end, Nomoto or uh, Yuya goes to visit Hitomi because uh, she texts him and he's like, all right. And he he gives this really impassioned speech about how she's helped him. Uh, he's decided that like because like during the during the, the battle, uh, he had to give orders like she was she was his chess piece and he had to give her orders throughout the battle. Uh, and he's like, I, I now know what it is to fight and I've decided to take charge of my life. I'm going to fight for what I get, you know, for the rest of my life. And I really want to thank you, Hitomi. Thank you so much for being there for me. And, you know, she's super emotional and, and you know, happy that, you know, he's kind of found his strength. And then she kills him. Oh, God. Because Shido told her to. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Why? I mean, I get it. Like he was a loose end, but I mean, he could have been brought on board or something. Instead, they just kill him, and I'm like, well, then all of his character development was really for nothing, and Hitomi doesn't develop at all because, as she says in every episode, the one with the sharper fangs wins. That's what killing bites is about. Seriously, she says that every in every episode except once. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's just I'm like at the end, I was like. Am I supposed to get why this happened? Because I don't understand. And then they 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 shoot forward at the like like that's not even the end end. They shoot forward like a few years where because apparently and, and this this did kind of make sense to me. The reason they wanted to overthrow the Zaibatsus is they had all this research to make animal people right, and that could make human life better. Maybe probably not, but for their for their purposes, better. We'll we'll, we'll forget the fact that you know animals have diseases that we don't have. Um, but uh, so they, they overthrow these two Zaibatsu so that they can bring this research to the world, you know, so it's not this hidden thing. So it's not used by these super wealthy elite in a death game. And these these animal people are essentially slaves. I'm like, cool, that makes 100 percent sense. But then they shoot forward and the killing bites tournament is still a thing. It's just on an island for animal people now. Like they they have their own island now. Huzzah. And but they're still doing the death tournament. So there are still they're not slaves, but they can still kill each other? Question mark. And then there's these, they, they show us these two characters. And I'm like, 
we don't know who these characters are, but apparently they really, really want to be in the Killing Bites tournament. I was <laughs> uh, just like, all right, so if they're setting this up to be like a multi-season show with just with just the Killing Bites tournament, fine. Just just don't don't add in any of that nonsensical like backstory if you're just gonna kill off the main character at the end because that was just stupid uh but it's it's yeah it's one of those dumb fun shows like if you like that kind of like just super dark ridiculous humor you're gonna find a lot to love in in killing bites if you don't you're gonna hate this show just steer clear (laughs) just do not touch killing bites but I do recommend, if you do get a chance, listen to the announcer because he's hysterical. He really is. He was the life of that show. <laughs> all I could think about when you were saying that was that video that I keep seeing on the internet with the lizard trying to run from all the snakes, like trying to get from, like get over up on the hill to get away from all the snakes that were attacking <laughs> it. And it had that guy who does the like planet Earth, you know, <laughs> the English guy voice with the planet Earth. He's like... It's just really that's kind of what it felt like sometimes was a really intense documentary <laughs> uh but for killing bites i probably would have given it a four if it wasn't for that last ending just confusing the absolute fuck out of me 3.5 wow. i i really enjoyed wow. it i i thought it was hysterical um it, it was that's good it, it, it might be it might be that that watching the first few episodes of king's game has shown me what a true terrible piece of shit looks like so maybe i'm a little softer <laughs> but like no but it, it was it was a really fun show i think so nice so the next one is the horror of the season um not necessarily the most cohesive i mean we've been talking about all these stories and most of the time we talk about the animes even if it is an episodic show um there is still the same characters but for the most part this is really two separate stories every single episode so it's hard kind of to give Junji Ito collection. Um, it's hard to kind of judge it as a whole because for the most part, every single story stood alone and every single story kind of was, I could give separate grades for, I guess. I mean, this would have been a good show to grade every single week as I watched it for each of the two stories every episode. But um, so really very traditional Japanese horror, um, very much, you know, some of them made you kind of think some of them were just deeply disturbing. Some of them were just kind of creepy. Uh, some of them were really kind of awful. Um, they're one of, one of the one recurring characters that shows up throughout this show. Uh, Soichi was this really annoying kid um, that liked to put nails in his mouth and uh, was into like voodoo stuff. Um, and, why he was a recurring character, I'm not sure. The author maybe liked him for some reason, but um, the episodes he was in were unfortunately the worst ones, in my opinion. But um, a lot of the other episodes in the show, a lot of the other stories in the show were really good, and they really got you thinking. Um, the, In particular, I, I know I spoke with a couple in the community about this one, uh, the Long Dreams episode, where there was a guy going to the hospital, essentially, who was waking up every morning feeling as if he'd lived longer and longer and longer in his dreams. So it was kind of going through the psychological impact that that had on this guy who was like, wow, my dream just felt like it lasted a year. And then, oh my God, my dream just felt like it lasted five years and how it feels to wake up after that. And that was really interesting. Um, and then there was one, another reoccurring character, which I'm not sure of her name, but it doesn't really matter. She was a model um, <laughs> a, uh, a quote unquote model that was just really, really creepy looking. 
Um, and she ended up being kind of scary, but, uh, they had these guys trying to make a movie with the model <laughs> and some other girls. And that turned out pretty bad for them. But, um, again, it, it's, it's one of those shows, Junji took collection that, uh, each episode that there were, there were episodes and stories that were just kind of like meh and others that were awesome. Um, so did either of you guys watch any of this one? Yeah, I actually really did enjoy it. And this was a show that I really looked forward to each week to see what kind of it would come up with, what kind of story it would come up with. I mean, there were some that were just deeply depressing. You know, this poor girl just ended up just dying slowly and turning into a slug or something. I mean, <laughs> just a horribly, horribly depressing, you know, story. But then there were some that were actually really interesting. There was one that was, you know, when I describe it, it's going to sound really kind of weird, but this kid moved into a new house and next door there was this really creepy house. And every night this like really scary looking lady would say basically, boy, boy, um, come over here, boy, or something like that. And every night it sounded like she was getting closer and closer and like she was trying to get into his room and stuff. And you just kept wondering like, okay, it was really intense because you're wondering when is this lady going to make it into his room and what is she going to do to him? (laughs) (laughs) Um, so stuff like that, it was like that intensity that I think the show did really well. And uh, I really enjoyed it. I really did. Um, um, I would say. Oh, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Too- Before you rate it or anything like yeah. that. I'm curious because it is it is uh, um, like highly, highly episodic, like you said, like very few reoccurring themes except for a couple of characters. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm more interested in like, okay, so the best story out of it what score would you give that your, your favorite story and then just oh. be ready for this too the worst one the, the one that you did like you like the least <laughs> what score would that get yeah oh man you know i'll start with the lowest i'd say um i have a really hard time choosing it would probably be one of the ones probably the, it might even be the first one so for those of you who are kind of starting the show out um, the first episode might have been the weakest episode in this show. Uh, so just don't I base your still... expectations on that one episode. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you're kind of turned off, I think Soichi is the first, that, that character I'm talking about, he's in the first story. Um, and that may have been the weakest. And I would probably give it a 2, maybe 2.5. So it's not like offensively bad but it's just not nearly up to par with what i would say the best ones were definitely you know fours okay um nothing really blew me away i mean it wasn't like wow this was incredible maybe a 4.5 i I guess and i'm having like horror shouldn't i mean i'm not saying it shouldn't blow you away i've never seen one but like the the way horror grips you is through that like like you said, that that one that you talk about about the guy and the the lady coming ever closer to his window. That's the kind of horror I really like. Is that kind of suspense where it just like grips you in your gut and like maybe eventually it gives you that little bit of scare. But like if it just keeps you like along that yeah. way, like that's not that's not bad yeah. in my opinion. So no, yeah, yeah. And and some of the the payoffs were better than others. That one in particular like didn't have much of a payoff, but somehow the way it was done was really good you kind of left it to the imagination you're like yeah that guy kind of doesn't matter how that paid off he probably didn't end up too well either, either that <laughs> or he left. i mean i wouldn't stay there what the hell <laughs> like, you just moved here yeah um, and i'm just leaving <laughs> i'd say one of my favorites was probably it's come into my mind um this 
artist. Uh, he was on top of the world. He was, you know, painting pictures. Uh, he was, he was, he was a painter and he had a model and everyone was just gushing. He was at an art show. Everyone was gushing about his art and he always painted the same model, this blonde girl. Um, and so at the art show, he runs into this black haired girl, um, who basically says, you're such a great artist. Um, it would, you'd be so much better if you had a good model. So, he he kind of was like, really? I thought she was a good model. And he ends up painting this this black-haired girl who ends up kind of like just making him go totally insane. She was like kind of, I don't know if I'd say demonic, like some weird thing was going on with her where he got so attracted to her, but he couldn't paint her perfectly. Like he couldn't paint her in the image that he wanted to. Huh. Um so it it like drove him crazy that he couldn't capture her image kind of it was uh it was interesting and then of course it went totally weird but um <laughs> I, I thought that was kind of the general that was the general idea of that episode which i thought was really really interesting made you think for sure okay so based on kind of like you based on that what do you think yeah so the overall i'd say junji toes a 3.5 okay i think that that's fair i think that's a fair score overall i if if it averages between two point fives and four point fives, three point five seems like a fair score in my opinion. Do you think um, you'd be interested in more if they decided to to do more of these? Definitely. I was really disappointed to see when this show ended. I wasn't paying attention to the fact that we were at episode twelve. And <laughs> I went to go start watching the thirteenth episode and um, noticed that twelve was the last one. And because of the episodic nature, you, you, there's no like there was no. Um, there's nothing that kind of ticked you off. Oh to the fact yeah, that it was like those landmarker episodes one. where it's like ding, 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 ding. We're getting close to the end. Be, right. be prepared for yeah. climax. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was just like I went back one week to watch it and it wasn't there, and then I realized, oh, it's it's over. So yeah, I was disappointed to see it over. Um, I really did enjoy this week to week to see kind of the new story each week, uh, which is not typical for me. I really don't usually like episodic shows, but um, this was purely episodic uh, which might be unique i can't think of too many shows i've watched like this where every single episode was a totally different set of characters story um that so no yeah. there you go horror fans I, I, sounds like a good one to watch <laughs> for horror that's the other thing too is horror is a desperately desperately lacking genre in anime and this really did scratch the itch absolutely nice yeah. glad to hear it all right. Well, this is going to be a hard shift uh, from <laughs> horror to, you know, I wouldn't call it just, it's not just plain moe. It's like slice of life and comedy and, and almost in a, in a very small way sports because there's competition. Uh, so without further ado, uh, the next one is a, a Ryu's work is never done. Rio Rio's network is never done. Uh, this is, um, I'm not mixing that up, right? That is the next show. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Um, good. the, uh, this is a, the story of, um, well, this is one of two stories of, uh, Shogi this season. Uh, this one, much more of a comedy, uh, Yaichi is the main character. He is a Ryu, which is like a, a title. He's won a lot. And like, now he's at the, the upper echelon of, uh, his age bracket, I think, uh, for Shogi tournaments. Um, and when he was going to get that title, like when he was at the tournament, um, he steps away, uh, to get a breath of air, a breath of fresh air. Um, and, 
in the hallway of the hotel where they're having the tournament, uh, a little girl uh, offers him a glass of water and he accepts and he goes on to win uh, the tournament. And it turns out uh, that little girl comes to visit him at his apartment in Tokyo. Uh, her name is Ai uh, Hinatsuru. And she wants to be his disciple very, very badly. And it turns out she is very good, like just naturally talented at shogi. Uh, and she does this thing where when she's um, uh, really into the match, her like irises change to this like crazy color and she starts like like seeing all like you you don't see it but you can kind of see like she's seeing moves ahead of time and she'll you know beat her opponents that way um that's so anime yeah yeah exactly (laughs) uh and in the first episode uh i forget how it comes about but she ends up needing to make use of uh yaichi's shower and uh they do the anime thing where uh, she's in a towel and uh, his, I guess, pseudo sibling, like the girl he's played Shogi with since he was a kid. Her name is Ginko. She's like the top female player. Um, she comes in and the towel comes off and then, you know, of course. and then, yeah, naked, naked kid in Yaichi. So I understand like when the season first started where a lot of people got turned off by this show because she's a little girl. Um, but I honestly really like the show. Not even like, well, not so much for I. There's two eyes actually, because he gets another disciple eventually. Her name is I Yashi, uh, Yasajin. Yeah. Uh, but I, I didn't, it wasn't so much them or Ginko or Yaichi. There's a character in the show named Keika, who is uh, the, the, the shogi master who took in Ginko and Yaichi when they were kids. It's his daughter. And she's herself wants to be a shogi uh, professional, a female shogi professional, but she's, uh, I think, 25. And that's that's the cutoff. Like once she uh, turns 26, she can no longer be um, or she, she can no longer be in the, the, uh, the practice group that allows you to move up into the professional status. And honestly, I loved the 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 thing I love most about this show was her watching her progress because she does have like a lot of um, missteps and fault like she you know loses crucial games and stuff like that and I was really really rooting for Keika honestly if this show this show would have scored a lot higher for me if it was entirely about Keika's journey through to uh, to Shogi Yaichi's <laughs> Yaichi's not bad and I like the eyes they have like they all have their own uh um conflicts like um uh i hinatsuru the the main uh girl is uh uh she's got a lot of natural talent but you know she's got to learn her way through um i don't know like like the higher level strategy or some nonsense like that uh <laughs> i yashi yasha whatever her name is the uh-huh. other i she's um like a decent player but like she's not as good as the other eye so she's got to work harder for it but she's got a really good work ethic so she eventually finds her way in ginko is trying to break into because apparently there are tiers like the female tier and the male tier and the there this is according to the show i have no idea but according to the show there's never been a female professional in the male professional bracket uh and mm. ginko is trying to 
break break into that. So unfortunately, we never get to see that. I was kind of hoping that 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 would be resolved for her. But again, like like at, through all the conflicts, I just wanted to see how Keiko is doing uh, because she's a really interesting character, and and I just I love the way she. Uh, they they kind of went through her her progression as a shogi player, um, and she had a like a, a, a fun little scene where, um, after one shogi match, uh, kind of spoilery, uh, after one shogi match uh, goes poorly for her, uh, she tells Yaichi, uh, if if I don't, uh, you have to pr- like she she makes him promise that if she doesn't win, uh, and become she doesn't pr- become a professional shogi player. Um, that he has to marry her, and I was like, "Oh, good mm-hmm. for you." <laughs> uh, so essentially, it is a harem because all these girls are very interested in Yaichi. Uh, but I don't know; it, it doesn't feel terribly harem-y because they are not all overtly interested in him. Um, you just kind of like it's just kind of like they orbit around him because he's the main character. Mm-hmm. Uh, the end bit—I mean, it's not really a surprise what the the last conflict is. I mean, Yaichi has a suitable opponent in the the Meijin, which I think is like the older bracket uh like head of shogi um and he he has such a problem with it that it like affects his his mentality and he starts shoving all the girls away uh because you know uh, adversity makes you a dick I question mark <laughs> I have no idea um and then slowly but surely realizes that everyone helping him is how he gets better at shogi yeah nobody nobody saw that like it, it's very hard to do this on an audio medium uh, but um yeah it's it's kind of standard in that way honestly i, I really just want to cake a show i just want to show about keika <laughs> because i thought she was great and i related to her as you know like well i'm i'm older than her but you know someone you know in, in their adult life trying to break into something at a higher level like i'm like oh good for you go get it girl uh, and mm-hmm. she does which i was very happy very very happy about I felt very good for her nice uh but other than that because the show's not all about keika i, I can't grade it just based on her um <laughs> how would you say in comparison to other shows where shogi is covered how would you say it's oh covered God, in the show uh oh uh, you know what honestly not bad they do go over strategy it's not as in-depth as uh march comes in like a lion but to be fair march comes in like a lion had a lot more time to do it and how they even had an episode with singing cats telling you how pieces move so um <laughs> it's true what do you call it uh yeah it's i mean it's a, like the shogi matches are kind of intense uh hmm. okay. so that's why i i threw kind of sports in there a little bit uh because there cool. is a, an element of competition but at the end of the day, uh, I give it a three because I did really enjoy it. Honestly, if, if Keiko wasn't in it, it'd probably be a 2.5. It'd just be okay. But, but yeah. Keiko makes it. Keiko make, made everything better. So, yeah, Ario's work never done. Three out of five. Three out of five. So we've been in the very, like, above average range this entire cast so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll get over it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, the next one is one that none of us drafted. Um, 
but is one that me and Carlos watched, and that is Slow Start, uh, which is an anime about a girl named Hana Ichinose, who, um, when uh, entrance exams for high school rolled around, um, unfortunately she got sick and missed the entrance exams and had to take a gap year to kind of study for the next uh, round of entrance exams. For whatever reason, I don't really understand how that all yeah, works. Yeah, me either. Like, why not just let her take <laughs> but, it late? What the hell, man? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so she uh, is, you know, I think 16, a year older than uh, most of her classmates, but she doesn't want to tell them that because she's embarrassed about having to take a, a gap year. Um, so she moved away from uh, her her parents' house to go live with her um her cousin, uh, Shino, is that who? Uh, yeah, Shion. yeah, oh, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's Shion, yeah, my, uh, my Shion, favorite character, uh, yeah, <laughs> who's a uh, the landlady of this uh, this apartment complex. Um, and she starts school, uh, there and you know, is able to make friends and have a good time. And it's just a very cute, heartwarming show with a lot of uh, good lessons, I think. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's very, you know, cute girls doing cute things, uh, but but with, you know, a few a few nice little lessons thrown in there. For sure, yeah. Um, the art style screams cute girls doing cute things. <laughs> but, uh, and, and it's actually surprisingly animated uh, quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize that A1 Pictures was doing this one, um, but there's like constant motion on the screen. Which is not the sort of thing that you usually see in a slice of life anime like this. Um, so I appreciated that. Um, all of the characters were really, really quite great. Um, Tama was like super hyper ganky, which I usually don't care for. <laughs> but she was um, great. She was just so much fun. She was yeah. yeah, she was a lot of fun. Um, Hana was cute with her kind of shyness and stuff like that. Um, Kamari. I don't know. She she was super short. Yeah, well, she's super shy. Yeah, she's the she's the shy. Like I don't know. Is it Kuderi, Dondari? One of the one. Of, yeah, uh, yeah, Kuderi. Uh, I'm bad at differentiating. Someone terms. let us know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But she's you know attached Dondere. to the hip with Aiko, and Aiko is your your mature your mature girl who uh, yeah who is a popular girl in the yeah. class who all the girls love who's popular with the other girls because there's always that it's surprising though yeah, that, the, and- that the girl who was popular with other girls didn't look like a boy that was surprising to me yeah 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 it was a good uh kind of break from that trope um she seemed to have a thing for the teacher though oh yeah which was fun that that was the one thing like that i was just like because it gets serious in one of the episodes and it i'm does. like yeah interesting and then like and back to cuteness i'm like all right well well yeah. that was fun well it lasted <laughs> uh but my favorite character was uh a girl named uh Hiroe hanen who is a graduated high school um indiv- or a, an individual who's graduated high school uh but kind of i think fell along the same lines as uh hana and missed her college entrance exams um and Therefore, has been taking a gap year and kind of recessed into becoming a uh, neat Hikikomori. Yeah, yeah. yeah neat. Um, and uh, I really appreciated like her kind of journey into becoming more social and uh, 
you know, taking the steps to getting back into society and the school and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. It's, you know, it's a slice of life show. There's not going to be any huge. Uh, well, there there was you know. a little bit of an overarching story in that, there in was. that Hannah, um, Hannah is embarrassed to tell her friends, her new friends that, you know, uh, uh, she's a year older than them. She's embarrassed because mm-hmm. it, it feels like she's a failure, but she's not a failure. She just, you know, couldn't show up because she was sick. Um, yeah. And then throughout the whole the whole thing, she kind of learns, you know, that uh, she should place more trust in her friends because her friends place trust in her. You know, Aiko yeah. trusts her, Tomate, you know, like they they all have their little bits. Yeah. The, the one thing that I was kind of disappointed with was that she never tells them. Like yeah. that was supposed to yeah. be the I lesson mean, she, at the end and she just. For sure. It felt like they were hoping for more, or it was just manga bait. Yeah, maybe. That um, maybe that, maybe that that's probably it. I didn't think about that. Yeah, but are manga tell... like this popular though? Like these these type of show? I, I don't know. I I uh, wonder that sometimes. I I mean, I would definitely read. I it. I do sure. buy a lot of a lot of you know slice of life manga, so I can say that I'll I'll probably at at the very least get the first few volumes because I do enjoy them. Just they're they're easy reads. I mean, yeah. um. Uh, is it was it, it was Flying Witch, right? Yeah, Flying Witch. Yeah. I, I have some of those, some of the manga for that one because it's just a really fun, lighthearted read. When especially after, like, I save them for after I read heavier stuff. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I don't, I've never read a, a lighthearted manga before, so I guess I just uh, I, I can see the appeal. I suppose, oh, I but one hundred percent have one that I think you're gonna love. They'd remind me when we're done casting. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, sounds uh, good. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, cute show. Uh, I really appreciate a lot of the the lessons that it uh, brought forth, and uh, it left me smiling after after every episode. So yeah, I don't know. I ugh, I think I would probably give it a a four out of five. Uh, that's where I was going to four. It was yeah. it, it was worth yeah, a four. It's solid. It, I probably would have been a yeah. little bit higher for me if if it wasn't manga bait. If Tama or not Tama, if if Hana had, Hana. you know come to terms with the trust from inner friends and you know like maybe there was yeah. like a, a nice it, it, it probably would have been a five but it would have been like a 4.5 because like all right we wrapped the whole thing up perfect yeah but um also the surprise etchy show of the season oh, yeah. <laughs> there were there were some some little bits of, of etchy in there it wasn't it wasn't lots of good fans yeah was. yeah it was funny when it happened because it was usually silly yeah. but yeah yeah good times <laughs> it was good i would i wouldn't I mind owning this show not at all. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, four is, four is better than I guess I was expecting the show before you guys started talking about it to get. So uh, cool. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's good to there hear. There was it was it was surprising to me too. I was expecting that to be like when I first started watching. I'm like, Just that's going to be a three or three point five at best. All right. Uh, the next show surprised the absolute hell out of me as well uh, <laughs> because it was fantastic. Talking about Mitsuboshi Colors. It was on High Dive this season, picked up by Sentai Filmworks. Um, and uh, it was uh, done by Studio Silverlink. It is the story of uh, three little girls who actually act like little girls. <laughs> like, you know, in, mm-hmm. in a lot of anime, we get uh, like uh, in Arios works never done. Uh, well, I guess they acted kind of like little girls, but they were they were more interested in romance than these girls are. These girls, not at all. They're very, they're very much just want to play. That's it. And and one of them's not a three hundred year old dragon yeah, girl or exactly. something. Right? Uh, <laughs> these three girls are uh, Kotoha, Satchan, and Yui. 
Uh, Yui is the leader, and they call themselves uh, Colors. They are a group of uh, they're a group that are dedicated to preserving the peace in their town, uh, and they do so uh, fully knowing that the police are supposed to do that. But they the the one cop in town, his name is Saito. They treat him like a bad guy. They say he doesn't do his job and he's super lazy, and they always make fun of him. Um, so they run around town solving mysteries, and like all the mysteries are just are little kid mysteries like uh my favorite episode it's so good uh there's an episode where and i have to know if this is a real storybook they read a storybook about El- about uh, a zoo during war why this is a storybook <laughs> for children but apparently uh the zookeepers in order to uh preserve food and to not be cruel uh poisoned all the animals food you know so that they die in their sleep uh, but the elephants who have, you know, the long noses, remember, this is a children's storybook, uh, could smell the poison and rejected the food. So they died of starvation, which is horrible. <laughs> and so all the girls, you know, have a good long cry about that because they're children. And why would you make them read this? <laughs> What's the moral of that story? <laughs> <laughs> but but the they decide to take a trip to the zoo to make sure that the zookeepers aren't art poisoning the animals <laughs> and they they uh what do you call it the whole time I, I think i mentioned this in the in the the first impressions cast that they're running around saying uh kawaizo which is you know kawaizo means you know like pitiful or you know i like uh you're sad for something but when you say kawaizo zo is the word for elephant so it's like a pun on both of the words and so they just keep running around yelling that like throughout the zoo and and they're very again they're very kid like i mean uh they're yeah. just running around like heedless of of you know what the you know kind of like kids you know in, in america heedless of manners for the place that they're in you know you wouldn't see a japanese person running around yelling at the top of their lungs it's you know very impolite in a in a public space, but they're kids, so they can you know get away with it. Uh, so yeah, just like like solving mysteries around the town and, and saving the the town from imaginary uh, evil doings, like um, a zombie outbreak during the Halloween episode, which was really fun because uh, the whole town kind of got involved. Um, yeah, it's just it's a super fun show, and it, it this show spawned my cutest character of the season. If you haven't read the post, go check it out. Sachan is the absolute cute because she's such an ass like she's like i don't want to say ass she's so she's so arrogant like 100 doesn't think about what she says like uh there's a, an episode where um uh, yui is is in a parade uh you know one of the, the the festival type things and she's one of the dancers in the parade and she's doing like a children's dance and she, uh, Sachan and Kotoha sit down next to this old woman, and the old woman's like, "My granddaughter's in the parade." And Sachan's like, "Oh, my friend's in the parade too, but my friend's a better dancer." <laughs> and the old lady just laughs and says, "You're so, you're so straightforward." <laughs> so yeah, um, it's. It, I absolutely love the setting too. Like I just, any show that I watch that's in that small town Japanese yeah. kind of setting is just, it's, it's such an interesting. Um, setting for a story <laughs> yeah trying to clean the river by by throwing natto into it and like yeah like uh it's just it's so good it's such a funny it show sounds, you should it sounds like um the one with renge what's the name of that show oh, Nan Biori. yeah it, yeah it has a similar sound to that it's kind of like that but like more hype yeah it's more hyper yeah faster okay. definitely faster paced 
Uh, the humor is, I don't know how to say it. It's like, it's kind of all over the place. Uh, it, it does that, that thing where it's like misdirection, uh, misdirection humor. You don't expect what you don't expect to happen is kind of funny. I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, well, for example, Kotaha, like it's a, this is a character I didn't bring up. She's the long blue haired one. And when we first see her throughout the first few episodes, she's playing uh, a, uh, a 3DS and she's playing it like all the time, like whenever we see her and her little catchphrase, like when they when they solve a mystery, quote unquote, she says, uh, you know, I've cleared the game or whatever. Well, it turns out she's terrible at video games. She's <laughs> god awful and like yui always brings it up and like she's always shocked to hear it that she's just the worst at video games um so yeah just that that little bit of misdirection is it's probably my favorite comedy in the from the last like year or so it it really did like it it struck a lot of uh a good nerves i guess you could say because I wasn't expecting, like I was expecting to like it, but I wasn't expecting to love this show as much as I do. Um, and, and I'm sad no one else watched it. Um, I tried. I tried. Yeah, it me just, too, actually. Yeah. Cute, lighthearted comedy. This this sounds awesome. It didn't do it for me. I just couldn't get into it, unfortunately. Uh, that's a shame. Yeah. But Pops is a great character, too. Oh, the, <laughs> this store owner that they that they get missions from every now and again. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm just going to have to give because it's my favorite comedy in a long time. I'm going to have to give Mr. Bush Colors a five out of five. Okay. Our first five. You'll make uh, you'll make Eric happy with that. Yeah, because I, I can't find any fault with the show. I love the animation. I love the soundtrack. The OP is was one of my favorite OPs of the season. Uh, the ED was fun, too. It's it's very rare that I find a comedy that I can I can give a perfect score. But there it is. <laughs> so I, I i unfortunately i don't think this is going to be the first perfect score i get to. uh no yeah no um uh, so what's next oh me yep this was one of the shows that i drafted i believe it was like my third one or something like that and it is miss Kuizumi loves ramen noodles i think is the uh the full title yeah the full title in english um I would just shorten it to ramen. You don't need ramen yeah. noodles. It's not necessary. She just loves the noodles, not the broth. Yeah, not, not the, the broth. Yeah, nothing like that. else that comes with it. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's the story of, uh, I guess, you as the main character. Um, this like super hyper ganky um, masochist and also <laughs> stalker. Um, she is fascinated with uh, a girl named Koizumi, who's a you know blonde-haired, red-eyed beauty of the class who apparently um, loves ramen and nothing else. Um, <laughs> because every time you ask her to hang out or go get ramen together or something like that, Koizumi just says, no thanks, and uh, turns her back on her and walks away. And you usually just follows her anyway, because uh, that's the kind of character she is. And that's pretty much the anime. It's mostly just a dive into ramen and all the different kinds of ramen that Japan has to offer uh, throughout the regions and stuff. Every episode you get a, uh, a couple different kinds um, or uh, locales to uh, dive into about ramen. Um, 
does it go into how to make the ramen or is it just pretty much no. these no, no, talks it's, about it's it? pretty much just like they get a bowl of ramen and they describe you know what is in it or you know what makes it unique and, and good and special um and there are some truly <laughs> bizarre ramens that they uh partake of in this anime <laughs> pineapple um, ramen pineapple there's like uh um uh, what was that? There's algae a tomato one. one. Yeah, the algae one. The algae one. There's Tom- chocolate one later on. Um, I didn't get to that one. They do kind of go into like uh, international uh, ramens, like a German one. There was, uh, I think, an American one at one point. Um, it was really interesting to see all the stuff. Um, but outside of the ramen, I feel like the show was fairly flat overall. Um, I didn't much care for any of the characters. Um, uh, I appreciated the design of Koizumi, but her personality was just unappealing in every way. Um, and we never like get any backstory on why she is the way that she is, which is kind of what I was hoping for to kind of help redeem, uh, the way that she portrays herself. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you like ramen, I think this is definitely a show that you should at least give a couple episodes to watch because it is fairly interesting to see all these different kinds. Yeah, I feel like there's not much that y- your opinion hasn't changed almost at all since the first impression. So this show never really did much more than what it did in the exactly. first few episodes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it just kind of it stayed the same. Um, I stopped watching it around episode seven, I think, because I was yeah. like, oh, this isn't going to do anything different. And I which is fine. <laughs> I'm watching other stuff. So. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna grade it, but I. Yeah, hearing what you're saying, I'm just like, I'm glad I didn't keep watching because that would have been a waste of time for me. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I. The only way I could recommend this one to, to someone is if they are a fan of ramen, um, and a big fan at that. So, I think I would give it a two point five. Uh, just fairly average all around. Is there any? benefit for someone who may be traveling to japan to like learn about the things they may be able to get there I mean, they definitely you know call out names of shops and stuff there's a lot of name brand uh recognition okay. um, so yeah if you're looking for interesting ramen places to try you could give the show a watch jot some notes down and if you're going to Google japan them. simply for ramen you are an interesting person i would do it <laughs> i can't i, I want to try everything i can't just eat one dish and i like as much as I love ramen and like there and there are other foods I like, I can't eat just one thing the whole time I'm in a place. That would drive me nuts. I can't wait to go to the convenience stores, the Seven Elevens, and get the rice balls. <laughs> oh, you got to come to San. Or actually, yeah, when you're in San Francisco, yeah, we, we did that. When you're in Frisco, let's let's go grab some at the, the what do you call it, the convenience stores or the we, mini Japanese supermarkets there. Yeah, we went. We went to the supermarket. We got like we each got a few of them. Remember? Oh when yeah, no, town. that was in San Jose. Yeah, yeah. Oh, San Francisco's got better ones. Oh no, it's relatively the same. Just it's in <laughs> Japantown, and you get to see Japantown. So there you go. Oh, I need to see Japantown. That sounds awesome. Heck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, the next show is uh, one that I drafted. Uh, it is one that I was waiting for as well. This is Overlord Two, the second season, the long-awaited second season of the uh, the Overlord franchise. Um. We pick up uh, once again with uh, Momonga. Uh, he's still traveling uh, under the, what is it? He's still traveling under the guise of Momon, uh, the adventurer. 
And he's like a, I forget, it's like adamantium level adventure, which means he's like the shit, you know, because <laughs> he's he's super OP. So, and he's trying to build up a rapport with the people. Uh, like, we, we kind of get the impression that he's doing this as some kind of grand plan. Uh, but... Uh, really, he what he's doing it for is because he needs money to run his uh, necropolis, uh, and all the while his um, his minions, uh, the you know super OP uh, characters that were designed by his buddies uh, when this was a game, they are um, uh, doing their own thing, uh, and. <laughs> I really wanted more of like early on. I I complained. I think I complained in the the first impressions cast too that I really wanted more about what was, what Momongo was doing because you know he's supposed to be the main character, but we got a long arc about lizard people, and that did kind of pay off. I was pleasantly surprised, um, although I wasn't expecting spoiler 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 spoilers lizard sex, uh, <laughs> which. They absolutely had. Uh, You might have seen it on Twitter uh, at the end of one episode because uh, one of the the lizard dudes, um, he's getting ready to go into battle. And uh, the lizard female who he meets uh, along the way um, knows that he will likely die in the battle. At the end of an episode, she looks at him and says, all right, impregnate me. And everyone laughed and thought, "Okay, well, next episode, uh, they'll be like, coming out post-coitus of their tent and, you know, uh, be all hot and bothered or whatever. Nope, Momonga <laughs> totally opens up like a vision window and sees lizard sex, which is was interesting. Uh, so, yeah, I got a, got a nice peek at that. Um, <laughs> I guess I could put that down on hentai I've watched. Um, anyway, moving along. Uh, but the... Well, like Momonga finds out that that they were trying to uh, his his um, underlings were trying to subjugate this tribe uh, and and kind of like failed. Um, so he goes in person and very much subjugates them. Uh, he he uh, actually kills um, the the guy who went against him the the main lizard guy names I forget not important because he's not around anymore. After that arc, we don't see the lizards again. Uh, but he, um, I think it was Cocutus. Anyway, whatever. These The names in the show, by the way, we'll get to that. Um, he, he, bring, he kills him and brings him back from the dead to show the lizard people I have power over life and death. And so the lizard people actually swear fealty to him. So it's kind of this interesting thing that they're they're bringing in more to the necropolis. He's actually kind of almost forming his own nation at this point. Um, and then, uh, we cut to his, his other underling, uh, Sebas, last name Tian, you know, Sebastian, um, who <sighs> is, yeah, yep. Names in this show are so good. He is kind of in this, uh, this human kingdom, like for reconnaissance. Uh, but he, while wandering the streets, he is, uh, he witnesses a, uh, like a prostitute get thrown out like of a brothel and this guy comes out and he picks her up and he's going to take her to be disposed of at this temple because uh, she's got all these diseases and whatnot. Um, hooray STDs. Uh, but she, uh, Sebast- <laughs> we learned that Sebastian was, was, uh, was designed 
by this uh, one of uh, one of the players who had this like really big hero complex in in the game in you know that they were in beforehand. So he designed him to always help people in need. So even though he's this evil creature, like and you know serves this necropolis, like whenever somebody asks for help, he helps. Like it's designed into him. He can't help it. Uh, so you know this prostitute asked him for his help. He and he helps her out. He takes her to uh, his lair, and he has uh, uh, one of his underlings uh, cure her of all her STDs and all of the like. The things that they say she had were pretty brutal. I mean, I think it was like syphilis, VD, and an anal fissure. I'm like, that is insane. Uh, but they they fix her up, and uh, she kind of grows to love Sebast as like her hero figure. Um, but in doing that, because she was a prostitute of this this uh, really big gang, uh, what is it? I can't remember what they were called. It's like it's almost like the the secret underworld that like secretly controls the country. Um, they start going after uh, Sebas, which now Momonga has to get involved because you know he's screwing up on his reconnaissance mission. Uh, but Momonga, he's still like he is. He doesn't feel anything towards humans, but he wants his underlings to be happy. So after like a short test, he he decides to spare. Um, she's now a maid. I can't remember what her name was. I'm really bad with names. I'm really sorry to you people listening out there. I'm trying to look for it and I'm just not finding it. Um, but yeah, whatever her name was. Uh, they, uh, uh, he allows her to stay alive, but but now he has to like take out this underworld. And so they do that. They they take out all the, the underworld uh, people and whatnot. And, um, the the story ends uh when another one of his uh servants um uh, dem dem i can never say his name right demurg demurg words are hard the names again there's a character named brain this season guys his name is brain and i kept thinking do you mean brian please tell me you mean brian nope they meant brain um well, are these characters mostly named by, you know, because totally makes sense when you consider the fact that this was originated as like an MMO game. And when you but look these, at the names these are, of people. These that, are people who were born into the world. Oh, so it's not players. They're not that players. They're, oh, yeah. God. There's a character named Climb. Yeah. Climb. C-L-I-M-B. Climb. And, and he's Climb. one of the main characters. Well, one of the you know focal points of the later part of the season but uh demiurg um decides uh to um increase momonga or momon's prestige you know this is momonga as the adventurer by attacking the human settlement or the human kingdom he he kidnaps a whole but like a whole like block of uh whatever counts as a block of people <laughs> and he um um like sets up like a firewall and summons all these demons so that, you know, Momon can come in and uh, take them all out. And in doing this, you know, he gets more money for the necropolis. And y- you kind of see that Demurg is actually very, very intelligent and might actually be a threat to Momonga's power, which I'm kind of really hoping like it's something that comes about, even though he's, you know, outwardly, he's very um, submissive to Momonga. Because, you know, he's programmed to be. But I'm kind of wondering if if maybe some of the programming might start wearing off. Um, 
I was just going to ask that. Is there any indication that 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 there might be not a separation of the pro like there, pre-world and there is an indication that, that that the servants like the are are now getting like because they're they're more fleshed out like they're living in this world. They're not just like NPCs that they are starting to develop their own thoughts and because like of how they were designed they approach things differently which i thought was really cool to see this season um uh, but like we haven't gotten anything concrete about about my thoughts on demurg or anything like that but uh, in the end mamon saves the 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 kingdom and he's you know given a, a hero's treatment he gets given all this money um uh, one of the hero groups another set of uh, adamantium or whatever level um adventurers um, one of the girls, uh, Evil Eye, falls in love with uh, Mamon, and another one of them. I'm thinking they're hinting that she's a she is like Mamonga in that she was a player, but now she's stuck in this world. They drop really subtle hints, but like the the season ends without really giving you anything concrete, which is it's fine because it's coming back in the summer, um, you know, season three. So get hyped, uh, but. They do end it on kind of just like a, not so much like it's it's a mini cliffhanger. It's just like all right, everything's done, but the story's not over. You know what I mean? Like right. Um, Basically, when you say adamantium level heroes, I well, mean, it, it, like the, like it, adventurers are 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 graded on a metal level. So like copper is, mm-hmm. the, I guess, like the lowest, or maybe it's iron is the lowest. I have no idea. But aren't the adventurers typically? human players at some well, point no, no. maybe the, like the remember, they were remember it, it, i'm not sure if you saw the first season but in the first season uh the the guy who's playing mamonga i don't know if we ever know his name uh he um he got he is playing this mmo that's about to shut down and mm-hmm. uh he falls asleep in the mmo and when he wakes up the mmo is real life like all the npcs are talking and are sentient and all that stuff right. and he himself who was a human is feeling less because like uh, as in the mmo he played a non-human character he played like a like a lich type thing uh mm-hmm. and so because his world is now the overlord or the the mmo world i'm not sure if the, the mmo is called overlord it might have been but because uh he's he's now in that world he is becoming more and more of his character like he still has these moments where you know he's embarrassed by you know etchy things being a you know a, a probably single Japanese male, um, and like he still has all these reactions like that are very human. But little by little, he's like losing empathy for for human life and all this stuff. Which again, we didn't get too too much of it this season, but we got a little bit of it. Um, like when they take down uh, the the big major underworld bosses i I forget what they called the something aid or whatever um it's really brutal i mean like there's one uh a female uh who what do you call it um they go to take her and like they kill everybody in her mansion and she comes downstairs and she's kind of freaked out and she sees like one of the characters one of the servants is uh, a little elf boy who dresses up like a girl and and his sister dresses up like a boy even though she's a girl uh and she comes downstairs and she's not worried about him because you know he's really cute and chibi and he breaks the fuck out of her leg just <laughs> and drags her by her hair oh, wow. into, like to the necropolis i was like damn um awesome. so 
Yeah, I started watching the show. So like they even did start hinting at recently because I think I'm like four or five episodes in and they started hinting already at that point that he was starting to kind of lose his humanity. Like he didn't have the empathy for humans because he was an undead lord. Yeah, he he wants (laughs) Um, like his only real desire at this point is like security for his necropolis and like, I don't know. It's it's kind of unclear like what if he has plans outside of that, but it's pretty clear that even if he doesn't, his servants are starting to 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 form their own ideas, mm-hmm. and like he's awesome. kind of got to walk a wire because while he doesn't have a whole lot of empathy left for humanity, he still doesn't want to kill innocents and stuff like that. Whereas his servants are like, uh, they're humans, they're beneath us. Why are we showing them mercy? And he's got to come mm-hmm. up with these like grandiose lies about about why uh, he's sparing this human or that human or why he's not enslaving them or whatever. Um, one thing I did notice, like I did remember, is in the first episode of the season, we get a glimpse at a lot of characters. And there's one, it's like this old lady who's talking to a dragon that we never get to see again this season. So I'm really wondering if, if that's that's next season um but yeah a lot of question marks still in this in this season but it was it was a really fun season and i'm really glad overlord was back even if i wasn't too high on the lizard arc uh the ending the wrap-up of that made it all worth it and i'm thinking because of the way it ended we're gonna get a lot more of momonga as ein's own goal like not at not in his adventure getup, but in his you know undead um lord getup. Uh, next season which i'm Mm. very excited about i'm hoping we get we get uh more of that and more albedo we did not get nearly enough albedo this season it was a damn shame (laughs) uh so for all that uh, i'm gonna give overlord season two a four probably would have done higher not enough albedo (laughs) sorry too much lizard too much lizard (laughs) too much lizard sex anyway let us move on. Uh, the next show is another one that uh, I watched. Uh, I didn't draft this one, though. Uh, this is Hakata Tonkatsu Ramens, uh, which is also the name of the baseball team, but we'll get into it. Uh, this show takes place in a city uh, of Fukuoka. And in this Fukuoka, I'm not sure if that's a real city. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, they... Uh, population i think they say is one-third assassins or something ridiculous like that or maybe not one-third i don't know something with three maybe it was three percent that's a much different margin anyway um a lot of assassins in this town basically and lord knows how they stay in business but (laughs) apparently they do because there's a cd underworld and whatnot and uh, we're dropped into this world uh with uh lin who is a chinese born assassin He's a cross-dresser, and sometimes he uses that to get into places. Other times, he just he just likes to cross-dress. Um, and he is kind of in trouble with his mob boss, uh, so he decides to kind of go on strike. Uh, this one I don't want to give away too much, because this show... Yeah, there's there's a lot I can spoil on. It, it is, it's separated into arcs. Um, into three arcs. The first arc deals with Lin. The second one deals with uh, a character named Inokita, who is there like the the groups that eventually forms um, um, hacker guy. I guess you could say he's like their computer guy, their network guy, um, and his backstory. And then we come right back around to Lin for the last arc. Uh, they're like four episode arcs. 
uh, but they're all tied together uh, by these characters. Um, yeah, I guess I'll just go go into it a bit. Um, <laughs> Lin Lin uh, has a sister that he's trying to um, get enough money to win her freedom? Question mark. It seemed like she was pretty free to me, but uh, apparently she wasn't. The, the The gang he was working for was hounding her. Um, spoiler, spoiler, spoilers, spoiler, spoilers for the first arc. She dies um, because Lin goes against the boss and the boss kills her. And uh, she's used as bait to, to trap him. And he eventually forms a bond with this guy named Bamba, who initially we see as a private investigator. And he's kind of like a, uh, he, he seems like a, a lazy, not lazy, but like relaxed, laid back type of guy. He doesn't seem to really pursue much too quickly. He's, you know, goes at his own pace. Uh, and all this while, all the while we hear, uh, about this, um, assassin killer um he and he's uh he dresses up in this mask and a suit and he uses a samurai sword or a katana or whatever <laughs> i forget what they call him the something samurai um but uh it turns out again spoilers 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 that bamba <laughs> is the samurai and he you know he's actually <laughs> he actually uh uses baseball techniques to on like with his samurai sword uh in in the first jet like at the end of the first arc he actually bats away a grenade with a with the samurai sword yep home run um with the sword with the sword because that's how that works uh a lot of baseball references in this show um and at the end of the first arc you 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 find out what the the um the title of the show means uh because bomba runs a I don't want to say minor league, but like a local baseball team called the Hakata Tonkatsu Ramens because he really loves Tonkatsu Ramen. Sure. Why not? Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and so like the <laughs> so many baseball references, a lot of the show revolves around uh, like their assassin work and like kind of misdirection and stuff like that. And like, Oh, you thought this guy was dead, but he's totally not because plot. stuff uh it's not it's not bad it's actually a lot of fun to watch and really funny like more funny than like a a show with like some of the some some of the more serious tones has any right to be like for love of god it's talking about human trafficking and and somehow they still make manage to make me laugh not about the human trafficking part i'm not a monster but (laughs) but the comedy did hit really well um there's a ninja who throws his throwing stars like a pitcher and like has this like underhanded throw that apparently really sucks. Um, yeah, just so much baseball references. Like at the end, they're giving signals to each other. Like in the, the heat of battle, they're, they're baseballs. They do use baseball signals. It's, <laughs> I'm not a huge baseball fan, but someone who is and someone who doesn't mind like some of the darker themes mixed with comedy um might like it i know b tag really liked the show uh i'm not sure if cube watched this one uh but yeah it, it's it surprised me how much i really really enjoyed the show and how much i i wanted to watch more week to week um to find out what happens and and the backstory of some of these uh characters i thought like because lynn initially and throughout the show he's he's a very 
uh, aggressive, uh, kind of like standoffish, almost Sundere, if you want to put it that way, character. And like it, at times he was kind of annoying, but towards the end, I started really sympathizing with the guy, especially, well, his first arc, I really sympathized with him. Uh, but I really, I really liked the way they ended it, uh, <laughs> where he kind of softened up and, and got into baseball and, you know, learned to not be so much of a lone wolf and what kind of found this community uh, of assassins, but oh it was a good show. What a bizarre string of words you just uttered out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> he learns to love baseball and being assassins and yeah, yeah, a, a baseball assassin. Yeah, no, I, I honestly didn't think I would love the show as much as I did, but I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, if there is a complaint I have, it's like some of some of the times because it's four episode arcs, some of the endings felt a little tiny bit rushed. Um, but I mean, they, they seem to wrap up pretty nicely. Um, yeah. Interesting show. I not sure if we'll ever get more, but I'm not going to complain if we ever do. Uh, so I, with that, I'd give, I'd honestly give Hakata Tunkatsurama in a 4.5 out of 5. Wow. It probably would do a little better if I thought the endings didn't, didn't just kind of shoehorn in some stuff to be like, and done. <laughs> okay that's that's interesting yeah it's a it's a crazy show um yeah not for me but yeah no definitely not for everybody but uh um if you like the idea of heartfelt murders then yay anyway speaking of uh heartfelt murders we could to give the wrong impression about the show oh wait my bad my bad bad segue um <laughs> What are they doing the, uh, <laughs> at this camp? They're murdering the the campgrounds as they stab their spikes into the earth <laughs> to pitch their tent. Uh, <laughs> the next anime we have here is a laid back camp, which was my number one pick uh, from this last season, and it was a great decision mm-hmm. uh, because this anime was incredible. Um, it's the story of Nadeshko. A girl who just moved out to, um, uh, I forget the uh, the region, kind of like out in, towards Mount Fuji area. Um, and uh, she decides that she really wants to see Mount Fuji since she was sleeping in the car when they passed it on their <laughs> drive out to their new house. So she rode uh, her bike, I think, uh, all the way up to this campground and promptly fell asleep on a bench. <laughs> um and was discovered by this girl named Rin, who uh, was going solo camping at this campground. Um, and she kind of uh, takes Nadeshko, and they kind of eat ramen. And Nadeshko is sad that she couldn't see Mount Fuji, but it turns out that the uh, the moon is out, and it's a perfectly clear night, and Mount Fuji is lit by the moonlight, and it's a wonderful scene. And it just kind of kicks off uh, kicks off the story of. Uh, these girls and their uh, adventures going camping, both solo and in groups. Um, Nadeshko joins the Out Club, uh, which is uh, essentially just the, the camping club at her school. Uh, and she meets um, Aoi Inuyama, a very kind of uh, chill and relaxed uh, relax girl 
in the club. And then uh, the club president, Chiaki Ogaki, a very kind of uh, hyper and uh, weird, (laughs) weird girl. Um, And yeah, it's just kind of, I think, a love letter to camping. And uh, the the relationships between all these girls is fantastic. Really funny. Uh, I think the thing I love the most about the show is the scenery. Like if yeah, these campgrounds really incredible. exist, and I think they do, they didn't. They did them absolute justice because they look gorgeous. Yeah, it was truly a delight to to watch visually. Um, sea Station was the studio, uh, so we were, or at least I was a little, I think, tentative coming into it, considering they're fairly new. They've done <laughs> tentative. Starmu tentative. Yeah. Oh wow, man, <laughs> sick, uh, <laughs> sick puns all around. I'm sorry. I hate puns. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah they knocked it out of the park with this one um character designs were fantastic all the girls were super cute mm. um like you said the uh the scenery was fantastic the campgrounds were awesome looking and there's just a lot of really good just interaction and comedy it was it was um, really cool too to see like the camping equipment like i never thought i'd say like yeah. the, i was super interested in camping equipment like i've i do like camping and i do go camping uh well i haven't been in years but like i used to go camping a lot with my family um but uh i you know was marginally interested in you know equipment and stuff like that but the stuff they bring it's like wow that's super cool like a little mini like fire pit box that you can have and all that stuff yeah it's uh i was hit by a fever with the show and proceeded to buy a bunch of uh, camping supplies. So I now have like one of those mini furnace uh, fire things. I have a little, little pot that goes on top of it. Uh, my parents came home with a tent cause they watched the show with me and they loved it. Um, <laughs> I got a new sleeping bag. <laughs> so I'm probably going to go do some, uh, some camping now. We gotta, we gotta have an anime arcade Euro camp. Yeah. Maybe, Heck yeah. maybe we'll see if we can find like a, uh, some place in Oregon or something, some place in the middle that we could all just kind of trek up to. Oh, we, that would be gotta awesome. find somewhere in the middle, middle of the country. <laughs> so yeah, Jeff doesn't have yeah. to pay like for, like exorbitant money to Iowa. Yeah, I don't know. There's some cool stuff in the middle. Anyway, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean this this show is just it's just so good. Mm-hmm. Um, every episode <laughs> was just a delight to watch. Um, it was fun to watch. Um, uh, I mean, on top of Nadeshko getting to see all this great stuff and her reactions to mm. stuff, it was it was kind of cool to see Rin kind of come out yeah. of her shell. I think that was yeah, that cool. was it for me was Rin because uh, she was a solo camper and kind of just wanted to be solo camper. And she's like, it's pretty clear that by the end, she still really enjoyed solo camping, but she kind of grew to enjoy uh, yeah, it's company. A, it's, a, it's a different experience mm-hmm. um, and one that, you know, can be equally as uh, fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, the, her her character arc was fantastic, uh, and her and conversations the, like via text were so like I oh, laughed yeah. so hard with the little <laughs> stupid things that they do with each other through text, and the way it's animated is so well done, so so well done. For, yeah. From the pictures I've seen posted of this show, this was one of the best looking shows this season, um, which is you know based on character design and in just the environments and stuff and that's really mind blowing considering the fact that you said this is a new studio which really makes me wonder where did the studio come from yeah who knows um, who knows left field really good though left really field. really beautiful show by the look of it um i i will say it's one of the one of the better shows like animated shows uh, i've seen but i 
I will say that the that it's gonna be a, it's gonna be hard for me to choose what the best this season was, and it it's not anything that was that will be on this podcast. It's gonna be next week, like your number one show, my number one animated show. Gotcha. Oh, my number one show is next week too. But yeah, we'll get into okay. that. We will get into that. Um, yeah, but like I yeah, I don't know what else to say. This is just a a fantastic, truly fantastic show. Um, just finished raining outside. <laughs> go camping. Time to go pitch a tent. Yeah, <laughs> uh, um, we're on the same page. Uh, no, yeah, it's it's. <laughs> I wasn't expecting like, uh, I was expecting you know cute girls doing cute things. I wasn't expecting to be interested in in what they in like the nuance of what they were doing. Like I said, the 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 camping equipment, the various uh, places they go, and and the like. I love to visit some of these places. They look incredible. Like maybe one of these days, I take a trip to Japan just to go camping because that sounds that's what I'm talking like about. so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. But no, yeah, I love the idea of an anime arcade. Community all has to get together. We'll we'll just like get a huge campsite. Everyone brings their own tents. Byob. Byob. Um, yeah, I, I give this one a five. I can't think of a single thing that I did not like about this anime. Yeah, I, <laughs> I I'm gonna get some shit for this season, but yeah, five. Because <laughs> I'm gonna give a five lot. Well. I'm giving out fives like like it's going like out the of candy, style. baby. Yeah, like the candy. Just like I got paid and I'm at the strip club. No, I'm just kidding. This Ooh, time, the- fives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ones. Yeah, screw ones. I just got paid fives. <laughs> I've never done that. Just don't no. don't ever do that. You'll waste so much money. <laughs> okay. Oh boy, I don't know if I'm ready for this. Honestly. Oh my god. All right. Yeah. So this is okay. this is our last show. This this was my number one pick two seasons ago. Um, and that is the second season of March Comes In Like a Lion. <sighs> okay. There we go. I. <sighs> Why don't we just push this one off to the next episode? <laughs> no, I need to. I need to get this off. No, because there's something equally as as equally as good. As big, yeah. There's two huge ones that next next cast are going to be talking about. So yeah, <laughs> this this anime is straight up one of my favorite anime ever. Um, it's making me reevaluate my top five. Um, it has. Uh, completely destroyed my favorite characters list, uh, so I need to go reevaluate that. It is just utterly unbelievable how uh, invested I became in uh, the characters in the show and their uh, their story. Um, I'm just getting I'm I'm getting emotional <laughs> just thinking about it. Um, it the 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 themes that they tackle in the second season are so like hard to um, handle correctly. And the way that they, you know, told the story um, was just unbelievably good. Uh, I guess. I mean, for those, the, the main thing. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, just for those of you who are behind, because uh, this is the second season. This is a show that deals with uh, a young man named uh, Ray, who is a, professional shogi player at a very young age um i think he's yeah. like a first he's the first year in high school but he's a year older than than he should be for high school because he dropped out for a little bit to go pro um and uh the whole show uh, just kind of give you an idea um tackles various issues around ray because ray didn't have the best upbringing well he didn't have the best youth because his parents died 
Um, this is all season one, so I'm not spoiling anything his for season two. His parents and sister, yeah, I believe. Yeah, his whole, well, his whole family dies. His whole family. Um, while he was uh, on a school trip. So when he comes back, they're all dead. Uh, he gets adopted into a family. Uh, there's complications with the family because he's so good at shogi and it kind of creates an inferiority complex in his adopted siblings. Um, just a lot happens. And he moves to the city uh, where he's closer to the shogi hall. Uh, and in moving here, he meets uh, a family of uh, three girls and their granddad. They've also lost their parents. Um, actually, I think the dad just left them, right? Uh, yeah, the mom died. And the dad and the, just the left. The dad got remarried right away. And, and just left, left yeah. Uh, and come back. and the, the three girls, uh, Akari, Hinata, and Momo, kind of serve as his anchor. His like, this, yeah. is, this is what a home and a family should look like. Um, and kind of give him the strength to push on. That's, that's the first season. If you've never seen the first season and this sounds interesting to you, absolutely go watch that. Don't yeah. listen to this. <laughs> stop or, or just stop. Cause we are going to get into some shit. Yeah. That, yeah, it's, it's incredible. Um, so yeah, the first season kind of ends with, uh, Ray, like it, it goes heavy in the Shogi and the end of the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, with Ray's mentor uh, in this competition and everything surrounding that. And then it kind of gets back to, uh, I want to say just like his relationship with the, the Kawamoto's with Akari, with uh, uh, Hinata um, and just like, you know, his, his family life. It kind of, and this next season is definitely, yeah. In in season two. Um, And like, I honestly can't remember exactly how the season starts. Well, cause... the season starts and he's not doing too well. Uh, this season starts, uh, he is kind of in a slump uh, in terms of Shogi. Um, he doesn't really, he can't really find his group. Like he's still winning, but he's he's losing enough to uh, for it to be kind of dangerous for him. Uh, if I remember correctly, that like it starts like right around this part, like while he's he's having this problem, uh, the middle daughter of the this family uh, starts to have a problem with bullying. Uh, yeah. Her friend uh, is getting bullied, and uh, so much to the point that she actually has to leave school, and she is uncomfortable around girls her own age. Yeah, she has to get. She goes to pretty much like a. Uh a house for therapy, like out in the mountains. Like she can't interact with people at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, she completely shuts down. Well, she interacts fine with like older people, but like, no, that was the thing is like, she didn't act, oh, interact that's with right. anyone. And she at least slowly she, opened yeah. up to these older women at this house. Right. Right. Um, so she just got, you know, destroyed emotionally by the bullying that was taking place in the school. And, uh, Hinata, um, Hina was, uh, not, <laughs> not standing for it. And, um, you know, made friends with this girl before she left. And after, um, this girl, you know, stopped coming to school, the focus kind of shifted to, uh, to Hina. And, uh, we get like our first taste of this with Hina coming home with what? No shoes oh, or well, her school slippers. One, one shoe on and the other shoe was like, she, oh no, she, yeah, it was her slippers. She came back in her slippers. Yeah. And, uh. Oh, it's just heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's uh, impressive how well they stuff. covered that, though. Yeah. Um, so it, 
<laughs> Hina is such a a strong girl because <laughs> she doesn't like you know she's distraught by you know all this um, bullying that's now happening to her and everything like that. But she's not gonna just take it laying down. She fights back, um, not physically, yeah, you know, not not in any way. But she she rises above the bullying as best she can. She confronts them. And, yeah. And it, it kind of goes and, against because like, uh, uh, I you know, it's and this is not all Japanese people and I don't claim to know 100% because I wasn't born in that in that place. But you know, there's there is a uh, like uh, a lot of the adults come at, like come at her as you need to, you need to stop making a big fuss about this. It's it's kind of like a this theme of, of harmony. They want harmony, like, just, just take it for now. Essentially, that's what they're saying. Just take it for now. Because when you're in high school, you won't have to deal with it anymore. And she is, and that's why I love this character and this arc so much. Is she kind of goes against that? That I don't want to say it's all again. It's not all Japanese people, but that that Japanese mentality, or that older Japanese mentality of, um, you know, just take it with your head down. And she, you know, to to confront this girl like in the middle of class to to confront her teacher too. Her teacher who just kind of actually has a breakdown. Over yeah, this. she eventually has to quit school because she has the teacher has such anxiety. Yeah, <laughs> that the teacher has to leave. They retire her essentially. <laughs> um, but yeah, like Hina just has like this breakdown with Ray, where she's like, I, "I'm not doing the wrong thing here. You know, that, I'm in the right." That was a good, good episode. Damn good episode. Yeah. And uh, they, uh, in comes the. The head teacher of the school, and goddamn, that guy is awesome. Yeah, yeah, he he sets go well, because I mean he eventually has to because the uh, the teacher yeah leaves. Uh, every, um, every, every it's it's pretty clear what what happened, and all the all the girls who were well not all the girls the I guess cronies of the the group um, who yeah. were you know kind of following the main girl's lead they eventually apologize and see the error in her ways and and the the head teacher it falls to him to kind of try and reform this girl it's the one thing that i was kind of sad about we don't really ever get um a resolution with her. her yeah she just kind of we uh, i feel like we yeah it's it's very vague yeah but i feel like some of the the things that the teacher said in the last scene with her might have struck her might have struck her um because she, she, I think she finally broke away from that kind of dead stare. Mm. She got a little life in her eyes. But yeah, there there was a scene um, where like the the head teacher's calling in um, Akari to kind of have a conference uh, with uh, with him, as well as the the mom of this one girl who's the bully, and uh, like they have a confrontation in the hallway where. The the mom is like, you know, how can you prove that my daughter's bullying? And Akari is like, I, I guess I can't. Uh, I can't prove that. I can only trust what um, Hina is telling me. And uh, and then they kind of go their separate ways. And then the teacher is talking to the mom in the classroom, and she's like going off. She's like livid that this girl would claim these things about her daughter. Um, and the teacher's like. Of course, there would be no evidence. There would be no evidence of bullying because, you know, she's smart enough not to leave any evidence behind. And then the mom's like, yeah, so I guess we're fine here. But then he was like, 
But then that means there's also no evidence that Hina is wrong either, that your daughter very well may be a bully. And if you can't provide evidence saying that your daughter's not a bully, then I guess we're done here. And it was just like, damn, son, <laughs> you told her. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just so beautiful the, the way they, they wrap up tell that arc. the story. Yeah. And, um, and and then during during ahead. that time too, like like I said, uh, it, when we start off, um, Ray's not doing too well. The way they tie that in is Ray can't do anything for her because a he's not he's not a family member. B they're not dating or anything. He's just she's just someone that he cares for a lot. Um, and like his way of of taking like lesson from Hina is you know he. He starts getting better at Shogi because he sees that she's not giving up. And so that propels him to, you know, uh, do better and, and to, to, you know, push on in Shogi, which I thought was really cool that they they, yeah. they incorporated development into him, into her arc or through her yeah. arc. Yeah. And they like, you know, they don't lose they, sight of the No. And then Hina decides that she wants to, you know, go to the same uh High school is Ray, and yeah, they kind of tie that in with that, like you know, while she's getting tutored by Ray to become, uh, or you know, to get the knowledge to be able to make it into the school, he's also doing everything that he can to make sure that he's improving himself as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think towards the end, there so we good. were starting to see that he was developing feelings for Hinata as well. I felt like that as well, and I would be completely fine uh, with that kind of development. Yeah, that'd be that'd be nice. Uh, I also uh, they they had a brief um, kind of segue arc with uh, uh, what's his name? There's like um, there's Ray's teacher Kai, and then there's the the old man. Uh, the old man, yeah. Um, I love that arc so much. It, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like this is like it's incredible that this anime makes you care about Shogi, even if you know nothing about the game. Uh, Takanori Jing, Jinguji. Oh, no, it, I think. it's, it's uh, Saku, Jinguji. Sakutaro. Oh, and, uh, yeah, his teacher. Sakutaro is the one that was playing. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and he, he's this old man who's, who's won this one tournament over and over again. And I guess if you win it 10 times in a row... Uh, you're the eternal something or other. It's like a title that you get, and but like seeing him, like because he sees his life like through the past and all of his friends he made through Shogi and how a lot of them quit because they couldn't cut it at the upper echelons of Shogi, so they had to they had to find a job somewhere else. And so like all of their hopes and dreams are resting on him, and it's like this weight on him. And I love the way they like during the matches and all that stuff. It's just like he's covered in these, uh. Almost like mummy bandages, band- yeah, bandages, yeah. and I was like, "Dude, that was such a powerful scene. It's, it's so the, good." There's, yeah, there, there is a, um, a scene that I want framed on my wall, um, towards the end of that arc where he's like facing the uh, the fire mm-hmm. of uh, of his past yeah. and the the past of all these people. It's just so poetic and beautiful, um, and man, yeah, what a. What a what an arc, what a game! It actually makes me really want to learn Shogi, even though I know like I'm <laughs> terrible. At, I I know how to play chess. I'm really bad at it. Um, people beat me all the time. Shogi looks way yeah, and, and Shogi more looks way more complicated. So I'd probably be way worse. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, we said all this and we haven't even talked about like how well uh, Shaft has done with uh, everything about this anime, honestly. Um, character designs are fantastic. Um, the the art style is just phenomenal. It's very watercolory and very vibrant uh, when it needs to be and also very dark and very um, atmospheric. The OST is beautiful. It, it yeah. plays real like it, it does really well. It does. I'm sorry. Tripping over my words here. It does the best <laughs> during the matches and like those like we said, those poetic scenes. Um, the I will say that like and it's not fair because Bump of Chicken did the first season's OP. So every other OP that's come after it has been weaker to me, but it's still they're still really good. They're good at like both OPs are good, both EDs are, are decent. Uh, but um, yeah, just everything about the show I loved to it's, death. Yeah. Um, it, it, I mean, it's despite the fact that there's ahead. so many characters, I don't have a problem following it. I don't have a problem no. following all the characters at all. Like, now, I will say I don't remember all of their names, but it's not hard to remember who they are and why they're there. Yeah. So it's not like one of those shows that like here's a bunch of characters like do you, how do you not know what they do? Like I know like at least that like the old man like I was talking about like what is high up in the the shogi hall and is one of the champions. That's all you yeah, need to know. Shimada is his teacher and Nikaido is his friend and rival. Uh there's like the <laughs> oh Smithson, uh the oh, blonde haired yeah, shogi He's pro. Great. And then yeah. like Hinata's, you know, first love interest is a is a oh, baseball man, that player. Was, that was heartbreaking as well. Yeah, but oh. I mean, it it does so well with so many characters. Now, now, to be fair, to be fair to other shows, this is forty four episodes. This is a, so has yeah, this has a lot of time, and there's there has to be another season because if there's not, we riot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I love it. I love it so much. It. I mean, it's rated eighth on on my anime list, which is incredible um, for any anime to be that high on uh, that platform. Uh, It is easily a top five for me, and I really need to sit down and think about um, where it deserves to be on my my list. And I mean, this is going to be the easiest five that I've given out uh, in the time that we've done this podcast. Yeah, super easy five. Um, I, I will say if you, if you've never, if you're like, if you like listening to spoilers and, uh, you know, not having seen the anime and you're thinking I'm going to watch this show, just be prepared because it breaks you, raises you back up and breaks you again. Yep. <laughs> yep. So if you like drama, <sighs> you will love March comes in like a lion. Yeah. Cool. Yep. <laughs> no, it sounds phenomenal I, I do need to this this i don't know i almost need to remove something from my queue to incorporate this and unfortunately um just do what uh, i do and have a queue that's like a mile long yeah yeah i just will never get to it if i do that so <laughs> um again roku has been kind of sitting there and i'll watch an episode here and there and this kind of almost uh, based on what you're describing sounds like a similar kind of feeling show but um Hmm. um yeah i don't i don't want to compare them um i wouldn't yeah i'm just from the the general feeling of the show it sounds like one that i might get the same similar feeling very well done dramas but yeah 
I think I think March <laughs> is going to have a lot more um, episodes, and I'm happy for that. Yeah. Oh, I'm exhausted now. Yeah, just I'm like glad. I can gush about I'm, March for for days. I know. Yeah, there's so much more I, I could say and want to say, but I think I'm going to leave it at that for now. Um, so we're on five for this one, right? Yep. Yeah. Five. Easy five. So we had um, three, three fives this episode, and this is only half of the season. <laughs> like uh, foreshadowing for, for next week, but we're going to have more. So, yep. sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there will be fives next week, no question. <laughs> I, I, I think I have a five next week, to be honest. Wow. Nice. We are excited because yeah. we we actually don't know. So we don't we don't actually write down for for those of you listening. We don't write down our scores. We actually write them down as like I'm not sure if you guys write yours down like beforehand. I th- know what mine are going to be. So, but yeah, I don't. We, I come up with them as I talk about them <laughs> live. <laughs> See, that's dangerous because I, I used to do that, and then like I gave I gave Love Life Sunshine a really bad score. And honestly, looking back at it, the whole season was great. So I just I don't I like I've rewatched that show like two or three times now and I it, it, it was the thirteenth episode it, yeah but I don't think it deserves the score I gave it based on just one episode I was angry mm. talking about it because I had just seen the episode and that's a dangerous yeah. thing to do so apologies to <sighs> Sunrise <laughs> <laughs> um so uh, just in time for us to go watch NALCS when does that start like right it now started yeah it probably already yeah. started. Oh, man. Close to game two. But, uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to go have to sit down with my tablet, get you guys on Discord, and watch it on my TV because I am good. tired. Yes, I'm ready to uh, let's get out of here. <laughs> let's wrap this up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you guys for for joining us on this uh, roller coaster ride. Um, we hope you uh, what enjoyed. a season, man! What a season! Mm. What a Ugh. season! Yeah, not done yet. Um, nope, we got one more episode next week. Um, if you want to talk to us about, you know, our opinions or you want to share yours, uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at anime underscore arcade. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash anime arcade. We are on Instagram at the underscore anime underscore arcade. Our email is mail.animearcade at gmail.com. Our website is animearcade.net. And uh, join us on our Discord. Hit us up on any of those and we'll uh, get you an invite so we can, uh, we can chat and have fun and uh, debate and stuff and just have a good time. Yeah, for sure. You get better at that every week, Logan. I, uh, <laughs> I practice in the mirror five hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Oh. This is my life, man. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, everybody, for listening. See you next time. Peace. <laughs>